Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is a uh, great episode with my friend Ari Vukitis, just a tremendous improviser and stand-up, and uh, I was going to say in his own right. What does that even mean? Stand-up and improviser in his own right just means it's true, what I just said. And uh, it's it's a strange <laughs> it's a strange episode. You know, you made it uh, weird. Uh, John F. O'Donnell just happened to be there. I thought Ari brought John F. O'Donnell, who I love, by the way, and contributes to the episode in a very positive way. Uh, but it turns out he was just there. And then he just ended up staying for the first half of the episode. So the first half of, of this episode is uh, John F. O'Donnell, who I tell all the time in a good way. One of the weirdest people I know, but a delightful addition to the show. Uh, he has his own episode. If you like John, go listen to that after this. But uh, And then for the second hour, Ari and I kind of shift gears and get into the, uh, the deeper topics just one-on-one. So enjoy it. It's a strange one. Uh, excuse me. Do we edit the burp? Do we edit the burp out? It wasn't like a burp. It was just... It's like a grown-up burp. Anyway, there's no sponsor. <laughs> there's no sponsor, probably because of our burp-filled intros. We don't have a sponsor for this episode. But uh, Pete Holmes' show comes back February 24th at uh, midnight after Conan on TBS. Please check that out. There's also some new videos online. You can go to PeteHolmes.com to see all the new videos that we are putting out. Uh, and any uh, tour info or how to get tickets, PeteHolmes.com slash tickets. Please come do a taping. We are taping now. Uh, so come on out. Seriously. Uh, the, the episodes where weirdo, weirdos are in the audience are always the best episodes. So please help us out in that way. In the meantime, no sponsor. Enjoy Ari Vukitis and enjoy John F. O'Donnell. Uh, <laughs> a surprise bonus. Live from outer space. Get into it. JFO? I think I said it when you did the show. <laughs> maybe Didn't you I? said like JFO, maybe. JFO deed. I don't know. We got some don't good, OD. We got some good feedback. You on don't it. do hard drugs. No. 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 You can't Might OD on, on being John F. O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah. Because if you could, you would be dead long ago. <laughs> could I have uh, my, uh, my papers? My papers! Hey, Ari, remember your old apartment in New York and it was like red? Wasn't it red? Orange, yeah, yeah. The, it was orange? Bright orange kitchen. Bright? It was a bright orange kitchen? Uh-huh. Do you remember that me, JF, you're welcome. Sit in. Oh, delightful. Get in on this. But when I, uh, when I, when I, uh, me and Matt McCarthy, right when I got divorced, I moved, we were looking for a place to live. Yeah. Do you remember this? Uh, vaguely. And I looked at your oh, yes. apartment. That's right. I don't know if you were moving. Were you? We was moved. I just like trying to move you out? Like, you might you have been trying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this place seems haunted. Yeah. Did I say that? No. no. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to like I'm trying to tell you why you should leave. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was really funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it to be funny. Can I uh, can I tell you something I remember when you when you were getting that? This divorce? is John F. O'Donnell, by the way. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> I figure if I just stick around in a room long enough, I'll get on a podcast. <laughs> so many careers have been made that way. Just 
just like standing around. Someone yeah. drop out. Speaking of haunted, we used to you know, do that at the old Boston. Oh, You'd hope yeah. that someone wouldn't show up. Yeah, so you could get on one of the worst shows, including Dave Chappelle. <laughs> like, oh great, Chappelle showed up. Chappelle gonna get bumped yes. from my spot. Ah, I, got I would bark for four hours in the fucking dead of winter, and then the first handful of times Chappelle would show up and do two hours would be the coolest thing on the planet. <laughs> but then the idea of him being a new comic in the city, Chappelle shows up. You're like, oh great, now I don't get my five minutes at one a.m. Yeah, no, he used to upset me as well. It did. Do you know that he walked into? I saw him a few weeks ago. He did Hannibal's show. He Is just this popped a street in. Street joke. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Oh, Dave Chappelle into, walked uh... into. Dave Chappelle walked into a comedy club. Did two hours. I uh, I refuse to be. You know, it's like this weird. I just caught myself having this weird. Like it's. It, of course, that's amazing. But I have this like reflex where I'm like, who cares? <laughs> oh, you know, really? Like, yeah, who cares? Big deal. Is the ego that untethered? At this it point? is. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's there's there's weird part of me that's like big deal. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody. It's pretty great, man. Except sometimes people hate things or have a negative reaction to things because they're threatened by them. You know what I mean? It's, you oh, know this. JFOD knows this. Oh, yeah. why? Do you I'm say it's par for the course? Yeah, is that for everything? No, no, no. I was reading your face. Ah. <laughs> uh... I wasn't saying, like, you're known for knowing this. I, I realized after I said that 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 was kind of obvious. But I was talking to my uh, – I don't think, I don't think my, my brother would mind me saying this. I was talking to him last night, and he was talking about how he hates Breaking Bad. And I was like, have you seen it? And he's like, no. Oh, right. He's seen, like, one or two episodes, you know, yeah. like, how, out yeah. of order. And, you know, in a loving way, I was telling my brother how full of shit he is. Sure. Yeah. Not – because of Breaking Bad. You don't have to like Breaking Bad. But I was like, I think, and I said this to him, and the great thing about my brother was that he heard me. He wasn't just like, fuck you. He's my older brother. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't need to listen to this shit. But he was like, I was like, I think maybe, what, it, what is it about Breaking Bad that you hate? Is it that everyone loves it and you like missed the train? Like you didn't watch yeah. it. You're left out. Does it represent loneliness <laughs> and, I, and isolation? Yeah. Because I your... feel that way sometimes about like West, people are like, Westminster Abbey. I'm like, fuck you. Is that, is Why? That, wait, wait, yeah. about, do you mean downtown Abbey or do you mean the palace? Uh, <laughs> I feel like that church where the Pope laureates are buried is really just excluding Do they me. Pope laureates or poet laureates? I said poet. Okay, because I love the idea of a Pope laureate. I did say I love that too. I'm, sorry, I'm not trying to nitpick you like five seconds in the chair. Is that a pope that's awesome pope. at poetry? Is that what that is? Uh, all popes. I wouldn't even know all popes, popes are yeah, great yeah, yeah. at poetry. Pete, one thing just real quick Surprising about... Surprising a number of things rhyme with Vatican is why. <laughs> like uh, uh, Kathleen Madigan? A ramekin. Yeah. <laughs> Kathleen Madigan, the Vatican of San uh, Anything again is really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, yeah. Repent again at the Vatican, you know what I mean? Yeah, or don't fuck that cat again. <laughs> don't fuck the cat again at the Vatican. Oh, that's great. Cat again, Vatican. <laughs> that again is you know. I feel too much good. pressure to have Don't to fuck come that up cat again, again. In, in the Vatican <laughs> at the, at Vat the Vatican, or yeah. you'll have to repent at the Vatican <laughs> because of those shenanigans. <laughs> John O'Donnell, I got in there a little bit. Oh, Pete, before I forget, this is it's, it's funny you brought up your brother not liking Breaking Bad. I've been doing, I'm going to just... But you'll, like, can I say... Of course you can yeah, say whatever. Not really not liking yes, Breaking Bad. Yes, I understand. He also said, fuck American Hustle. And I was like, oh, you saw it? And he was like, no. Ah, he just sounds like he's becoming curmudgeon and just... <laughs> well, that's why... Well, yeah. that, see, the word... Sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, But that's okay. the worst thing you can do. Because I love my brother. Yeah. So I say you're full of shit. To let it go 
is to, yes. is to abandon them, which yeah. is kind of what I've done a little bit with my parents. It's like, really interesting. It's beyond it's, hope, so just yeah. let it go. But with my brother, I'm like, no, you should no. don't hate Bradley Cooper. He was great in place. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you? Is yeah, it, except for, for your brother, it's not things about like soft racism or weird divisive politics. You uh, know what I mean? Soft it's, racism. It's like uh, I love a good hard racism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, can I? Oh, once I was trying to hook up with this girl, and she goes, "A black girl." <laughs> I'm trying to make a racist. <laughs> no, get to the racism. Was you she in? When you were talking about like hard compared to soft, she goes, yeah. "Yeah, I'm gonna give you a hard no on that." She said oh, to me, I was fine. like, oh, "Hard fine. fine." Here's a terrible yeah. show business adage: a fast no is almost as good as a yes. Isn't that isn't what? that bad? Yeah, I just why? Went because like you asked me to do your podcast, the Vukid Hour. Yeah, no, actually, I'm the one guy in LA that doesn't have one. Well, that's why you're so lonely. I know <laughs> that's part of it. Well, not really. <laughs> but if you were like, come do the yeah. hour Vukidas. There we go. <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Two people. Uh-huh. Oh God, it was terrible. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> And I say, no, quickly, I'm not wasting your time. That's true. Yeah, You're not totally. holding the slot. Let me ask you a question. Is it... Uh, do you I want to get back to what you were going to say, I just got to say this but one say thing. This. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to take this no, in a totally different direction. No, no, okay, take, before take, uh, we go on that... Okay, go ahead. Go. No, go oh, I didn't mean to do that. I was gonna. I just wanted you to know, while I let Ari continue to go, that I was going to get back to what you were going to say. This is the soft no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go, go, go to your hard no. Were you hard when she said no? Hit it. <laughs> ah, boom. But she's actually a comedian, so now every time she brings me on stage, I go, funny story, the hard no and then boom they're on my side you know? are you sure about that <laughs> <laughs> I mean how can you be sure of anything in this world that's Pete? true fractals you know? uh, <laughs> Ari Vukid what were you going to say oh I was <laughs> going to say uh, is it okay to not like something that you haven't seen right like you like, know what see here's yes Oh, what a great question. Is this your podcast? Because it's a great question. I should ask great questions. Let me just say the real wrong thing real quick because it's going to be so fucking lost that it's not even going to make sense and it's not really going to be funny anymore. Oh, I thought we weren't done with you. I thought we were done with you. No, I got to say I thought the, the point one... was the whole... What? No, no, let me... And Can then I... when I come on stage... I got a bit out. I got a bit out. Really, just very quickly. Okay, do it. Just, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, It's because you said your brother said he doesn't like Breaking Bad. I have this joke that I've been doing, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Where I go like... I just want to go on record. I think I go. I think that Breaking Bad is one of the most overrated television shows of all time. And I just sit with it, and I get all of this yeah. visceral hate yeah, and sure. moves and uh, and I go, "It's something you can say if you want people to hate you immediately." And then it's like, boom. But I'm literally in that moment. I'm like, can I allow myself? To absorb and consume this much hate, even though I know there's going to be a little switch at the yeah, end. Yeah, I understand that. But that's that's what's been happening publicly. No, that's interesting. I have a joke about how I think da- I'm working on right now about how I think dads and daughters are creeping. <laughs> how they get real possessive with their daughter. And oh, just yeah, suffice yeah. it to say, I make the case <laughs> for about five minutes. And the last line is I go, I shouldn't ruin my own bit, but who cares? I go, uh... Uh, have her home by 10 and I go why so you can fuck her <laughs> and everyone I watched I've only done it once I watched the whole audience do probably the same noise yeah. near breaking you, people were cheering but yeah. then a lot of people were also booing it was very beautiful actually you said a thing at yeah. the shark show now I'm uh, diverting my own thing you can shark show and can you like something without seeing it are two things that are, we're going to talk about awesome but I do want to say that I want to say <laughs> I do want to say that I want to say as an artist I can say things that I find offensive. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm included in being offended with the group. That's an offensive idea. You know, like the idea of fathers yeah. being creeps or whatever. Or it's like basically a Freudian jealousy right. kind of philosophy being uh, explored. I offend myself all the time. Yes. I'm also, like, not comfortable with what I'm saying yes. either. I don't think, I don't like that Stan had to become the champion of the things they're saying. Right. Why? Because I'm, I have a microphone? I like that your 
comfort with your discomfort. I was going to say about the That's shark what show. I'm saying. That I remember you said something. The whole you like started a thought, and the room turned on you so fast that you like really? aborted it. Really? But yeah, you would believe it. Uh, but it was what something was about it, the, it was the bit was something. It wasn't even a bit. It was like something about like uh, how glad am I that I'm not a pedophile. Yeah, no, uh, I do that bit still. Oh, do you? Because and I remember thinking like, yes, like I think that all the time. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. not a thing. No one wakes up in the morning and was like, you know, I what? really would like to be yes. a pedophile today. And the whole room was, you like, know, what oh. I'd like to be attracted to, like diamonds. Like I want to have to come. Like what I'm yeah. saying is, it's hard. Oh, that's kind of gross. But what I'm saying is, it's not a convenient fetish. Right. Foot fetish is one I would. I wish right. I could give myself. Right. Because <laughs> that's I everywhere. see bare feet everywhere. Yeah, Imagine you work if, at a Foot Locker and you dine on that. Oh, if you like Al Bundy. <laughs> yes. He was looking up their dresses. But yeah, like uh that that is a hard thing to bring up. And back in the Shark Show days, uh not that I'm like so much ballsier now, but I do bring that up. I say like you can't choose what you're aroused by. Yeah. And that's a difficult thing. I don't want to sound like I'm giving pedophiles a, a pass. I'm certainly not. But it's like I say now, it's a part of the bit, I go, what if what you're aroused by was illegal tomorrow? Right. What would you do? Like, and I say, what if Puerto Rican MILFs were illegal tomorrow? <laughs> I'd become a weird guy in an open robe with a handgun tucked into the belt. <laughs> right. <laughs> to the tie belt with a handgun. <laughs> and like blank VHS tapes in yeah. my basement going, these are my vacations, unless you're cool. And then I'm like watching totally. cool Puerto Rican MILF porn. Uh, we're all fucked. Sex is filthy. It's all gross. Not we're, me, bro. I'm the most well-adjusted fucking Are person. you really? <laughs> no, I'm cool. John F. O'Donnell. Oh my God! Sitting in, co-piloting like oh, this is fucking sweet. So, so nice. <laughs> That's an inside like New York. That is. Joke. That's like, still going on. I'm still on that mailing list. Sweet. Also, when you just dropped the word fractal earlier, that was very inside. Yeah, that was a reference to when you really lost it. Yeah, don't make me redemption joke you. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, when you told me that you and Kumail have been texting that for like years redemption without my joke. knowledge. I could still text it to like, him and he would laugh. Oh, I was like, oh, oh it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, that, I'm saying this honestly. Yeah, yeah. We are laughing at you a little bit. Yeah. But you also gave us this great <laughs> gift. I saw you opening and closing an umbrella singing Bob Marley's redemption song. Oh, yeah. Outside or like... No, in UCB. <laughs> like in public? He went like, some people got... I don't know the words. Come retired. Yeah. And he's just singing it. He's already gotten the light three times at this point. It's an open mic. Where you, oh, where on, on stage? I, yeah! Just in the men's room, just kind of wigging no! out. Oh, well then fuck, fuck you. No, it's a great story. <laughs> you didn't go like super long, but you were supposed to wrap up and then you're like, here's my closer. Sings Redemption Song. Are you listening? He sings Redemption Song opening like a red umbrella. Well, no, no it was actually in an Irish accent. I was oh, in an it, Irish accent. And I had a green and white umbrella. Oh, uh, see, this is, that's like the logic that only you got. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's an Irish umbrella and Redemption is like a rain. You know what I mean? So you're singing the song and I'm Standing there, you know, mouth agape. Which how how often does that happen? You know what I mean. Going back to being offended. Like if you're offended, great. We're feeling something. We're feeling yeah. alive. We're feeling some blood flow. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Just don't be dead. 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 And I'm watching you, and I'm not being dead. And then I I saw I thought I saw in your face you realize that there was no joke to just singing redemption song. So then at the end you just go redemption joke. That's a solid piece of work. Actually. Yeah, Good bit. Yeah. It's a decent bit. Yeah. It wasn't. No, it's not. It's, the, the, the joke is that there's no joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that has been something Kumail and I text each other. Sure. Once a month. <laughs> well, also on the on the offensive thing, too, I feel like there's also a difference between I'm going to talk about something that I'm thinking about that's interesting and, like, let's talk about it and experience it versus, like, shock. 
which is like the poor man's surprise. Shock is the poor man's well, surprise. That's interesting. Yeah. Tell me, what, tell me what you mean. In the sense of like someone that's gonna go out there and be like, like whatever. Like I like finger banging. Oh, whatever. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you can't handle. You know. You ever you been see fucking like, your own cat and you're like, uh, yeah, don't fuck that cat you? again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ah. <laughs> and that's the show. <laughs> Redemption no, I, show. No, fuck, fuck, shock. There's just so much happening. A friend of mine described comedy as, as someone who, like, kind of puts their finger on a, a little bit of a cut or something. Oh, some types of comedy. And then people go, ah. And you go, like, why? Why? Why does right. that hurt? Why does that hurt? And I never thought I would do that type of comedy. But here I am all these years later from The Shark Show. Or Ari used to run, for those listening. The Shark Show, no longer, right? Uh, no, no. I would longer. be heartbroken if it was secretly happening. Yeah. So would I. And I wasn't. <laughs> ah, and, um, Can I tell you, I fucking love that show, and I always love doing that fucking show. It's a weird show. show. It was a I weird saw, show. I saw Brody Stevens perform at The Shark Show. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Brody outside of L.A. was weird for me. I never knew Brody when he got to L.A., so my it, when I think of Brody Stevens... Yes! It's it. What else? Mm. What else? Like, with a notebook. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because I used to, in the old, like, open mic days, when he... And it, that's, like, when I was just starting, and I didn't realize that, like, oh, that's fucking heroic. Like, he is making himself get up, and he's just going to get up there. I didn't realize that's what you had to do. Oh, that's interesting. So, Ken, let's go to your question, because nobody knows. It's funny. I'm on a show... Uh, with John F. O'Donnell co-piloting, and we're talking about Brody Stevens, so yeah. we're, we're we're getting out there. Here we go. Do you guys have any <laughs> thoughts on? I'm trying to think of somebody obscure, but I don't I don't want to offend <laughs> the offend third the, person. The I, I did shit on you directly, but that was just for fun. Oh no, I don't care. I didn't even get it. <laughs> what I'm saying is, this isn't inside baseball. This is inside cricket. Oh, <laughs> oh, like Brody's. Obscure, obscure. It's so obscure. obscure, 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 obscure. The people interested in this well, conversation are in this. Brody room. has a TV show. I yeah. still think he's obscure. Do you? I was just talking, you know who I was talking to today? Chelsea Peretti. Ring the bell. Ding. And we were talking about, like, it doesn't even matter. Uh, we were talking Nikki Glazer, Chelsea. You know who Pete Holmes doesn't give a fuck about? Dave Chappelle. <laughs> uh, myself. We have, we're on shows, right? And, it, and nobody really cares. The people who care are typically the people who cared about you before. That's what yeah. Chelsea's saying. She's saying, as she thought should be on this network show and people would, you know, uh, blow up or whatever. And uh, I think some other people that we know have felt that way. And uh, it's not really the case. So Brody has a show. I still think people don't. I'm not, I'm not saying this in a, in a mean yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people are, like, tit- really giving a fuck what we think about Oh, Brody. no, fair yeah. enough, yeah. Unless we have a good story like, I will ruin your New Year's. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Which is yeah. a true story from Brody Stevens. Oh, I don't know this story. He yelled at the comedy story audience, I will ruin <laughs> He was bombing on New Year's, uh-huh. and there are balloons above the audience that they're going to uh, drop on them, God, and they're so not loving him. And he goes, "I will ruin your New Year's." That's so <laughs> and the balloons, you know, drop fantastic. on a crowd that hate him. Fucking funny. I will ruin your New Year's. But Pete, you were saying something that was very interesting about the idea. It's like, why does people perceive that a comedian is when the comedian's also offended by the thing, but is just pointing it out? Why does it then fall back on the comedian, and people are wrongly thinking that they're condoning it because I think that well, that's is kind of happening. But that's what, that's what life is is having thoughts all the time I think that offend you. I have thoughts all the time that offend like what it, what my, my external self or something. My better self. My better self. Let's just call it my best self which is a, is a collection of things. Some that are from my conscious, some from my subconscious and I mush it into this thing mm. that I present every day. That's the one that I dress every day. Sure. And I send him out to meetings and to shows and to friends and to parties. Subconscious Pete is, you know, I say this so many times on the show because I'm fascinated with the idea that you wake me up in the middle of the night. I'm having other thoughts. I'm having other yeah. things. I'm not talking about anything dirty or gross or even like traditionally bad 
But you, you're having thoughts that you're just kind of like, oh, that's kind of fucked up, you know, or that's kind of weird, or, or that's kind of ugly. Sometimes they're – here, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Sometimes it's like shame, okay? Like I, I've jerked off before and I'm like, look at this evil that just came out of me, <laughs> referring to my own <laughs> right. semen. That's that's what I'm talking about. But how, how that's does something that's your that if I background. Say, sure it is. But if I say I just came years and years of churching, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But see, that's that's offensive. What I just said, like talking about jerking off and coming and then saying, "Look at this evil that was inside of me." That's very cathartic for me to say, and I enjoy yeah. saying things like that. But it's traditionally, and I agree, that is a blue joke. Nobody right. could agree, argue that it's not, and it is also a little bit. For lack of, it, it's not that I think it should offend you, but it's, I could understand if it does. It's taboo more than offensive. It's taboo, but it's true boo. It's taboo. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, that's yeah. why we're not just fingering cats at the Vatican. Right. I'm saying sometimes I come and I go look at this liquid evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I say, you're offended. I'm offended. That offended me. And yeah. it came from my brain. Yeah. If there's anything I want to do, it's I just want everybody to go, I'm okay because here's a, a, a nice person, me or anybody else, a guest on the show or whatever, and they also have these fucking terrible thoughts. If I give you just a sec, that's actually why – one of the things I fucking love about the show so much is the podcast. Uh, well, show, uh, yeah, the TV show is fine. But the uh, podcast is because I feel like like these <laughs> these conversations – like I, I don't get to do this a lot, which I love. Like you get to do this all the time. Yeah, it's a I'm special place. Like, yeah, which I love. Yeah, and well, besides so nice with my wife, say. like there's not no, – my wife. Oh my God, okay, you're such an yeah. asshole. Oh, God, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Besides with your wife, you, you do get to do that with your wife. Yeah. Which is nice. Which is nice. It's a special place. I, I It's it's weird, but we can't stay here all the time. No, that's which true. Which is what makes the show so special, not to talk about the show on the show, but I like doing that. Yeah. It, it, it has that sort of treehouse vibe. It has like a little bit of a camp vibe, a little bit of a slumber party vibe. And then it ends. And then I'm just a, another guy in my car. I'm another head in a window. Yeah. Driving home to eat what? And then sleep what? And then come evil. Right. <laughs> fall asleep and go, I came evil tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I <laughs> think what's happened is that permission is then granted to be okay with, like we said, like offend yourself. Yeah. You're sort of okay with that. So to me, it allows me like, you know, I'm supposed to be like, whatever, like fucking smart funny joke writer but like yeah you know what it's okay I can think about like ponder the inevitability of death yeah. alone in my room for a while yeah. and feel okay to do that which sounds so stupid and basic but like that's an important thing I think that's the phenomenon of the time that we're living in I hope I'm mm-hmm. one of those weird hippie people that I'll be like I think things are on the move you know what I mean like if you talk to me <laughs> you think they're when going I'm up having or down? a few drinks I, I actually think they're going up huge up Okay, good. I thought, I thought you were going to be like, you're no. an asshole. Because you, you know what? You could make the counter argument and be like, look at this and this and this and this. And I'd be like, I know. Yeah, I know. But yeah. here's, my, here's my main point. But and the spreading also, of information is better. Spreading information is better. It's got, uh, it's got a negative side to it. But I think individual human life has never been worth more now. More at any time in history than now. You can make the argument that it's worth shit now, but never more than now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, you, you are I think one of the only <clears> people <throat> I can I can talk to about this. Where in a sense, not like I can talk to you about it, but like I feel like you having a fundamentally positive outlook is not a hip thing. Yeah, uh, it's not like right now. It's not what everyone wants in a comic. But yeah, that's interesting. I think I think we are seeing a little bit of a slant towards give things a chance. I hope we're losing I some so. of the snarkiness. I think we're. Um, 
I, I do think I see some evolution to human species, right? You know, I see it in myself. Really, what am I, what am I talking about? I'm having an emotional response to what's happened to me in the past. And what yeah. has happened to me? It's easier to get books. It's easier to get podcasts. It's easier to listen to interesting thoughts. For me, it's been easier to meet interesting, wonderful people. Uh, it's easier to communicate with them. I stay in touch with people over FaceTime and Skype and Gchat, and we're sharing ideas. I go on fucking Facebook. You can shit on Facebook. Let's shit on Facebook. I'm all shit over on Facebook. It. It's fine. For every 13 posts about, like, some mostly people posting about how people post too much or something that upsets me, there will be, like, somebody sharing a really important article that I'll read. And then I'll have, like, an informed conversation about because of that, and I'll be better. And I'm like, this is interesting. This is growing us and pushing us yeah. in a good direction. So I think I think things are on the upswing. Why did we bring that up, John? Ari was excited about being on the podcast. <laughs> oh, when we were talking about this, <laughs> and he was saying that he likes this. You're talking about this as being a special place, like camp or something. I didn't really understand the camp metaphor. People. Oh, this is what I'm saying. Really this is the it. new phenomenon. I think, and I yeah. hope you look at like the '60s. I even look at my parents. Uh, their generation that's sort of like my father thinks it's you know I think he might come around a little bit but he thinks it's like embarrassing if you go to therapy mm. or yeah all that shit is gone all of those stigmas I really think it's gone. are fucking gone in some places yes that's the thing yeah. it's like in some places where it's almost these different world views it's almost like I don't know you can, I'm not going to go so far to say it's different species but there are people with incredibly open minds that are excited about this information age or excited about this transference of ideas and are constantly analytical with themselves to try to work through their vulnerabilities I think fractals. comedians do this a lot fractal <laughs> okay. so you guys know objectively when I've been like manic a little bit crazy um, oh now I've, it sounds like I'm making no, fun you're of not, your no, illness no. I was going to be really funny real quick <laughs> okay. but I, this is the thing about it I'm not making fun of your illness of course not and if you are I don't give a Fuck, come Wait, on. You, do you have OCD? Is that the... No, dude. Fuck he OCD. He has manic episodes. I'm, oh. I have bipolar well, I disorder. Are you on lithium? No. No, no, I'm on Lamictal. Lamictal. Yeah. Not a Nirvana song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You can have it. You want it? You know what? For the record, I'm taking it. Because... <laughs> because... Have to. Have yeah, to. Yeah. Because I have a Sorry, joke... my hands no. are clear. Oh, oh, no, no, my hands were too. Okay, <laughs> listen... <laughs> Two clams made. All right, but okay. so okay. Two clams. <laughs> two clams walk made. Walk into a Chappelle <laughs> show. <laughs> I can't believe Pete's first thought was whatever Chappelle. Dude, he I was know. pretty great. Okay, so okay. I can't. My ego we, won't have it. Oh, I look can't at you. Be, yeah, you know what's you know what's awesome about you? Your comfortability in the untethered ego. That's there the thing. You go. You're excited about. Of course, about no, okay, my ego can get really out of control. You're, you're a good guy. Okay, so all good anyway, okay. anyway, no, this is the thing. I have a bit. <laughs> I have a bit where I say I prefer for the for it to be what I have to be called manic depression compared to bipolar disorder because Jimi Hendrix wrote a real cool song, yeah, yeah, there manic you go. depression. There's no yeah. song called bipolar disorder, and then I do this whole yeah, the whole song. People love it. Now I got a fucking. I used to be on lithium. Which I you were on you lithium? did no, I was never you were. Oh, I thought you were on lithium. I don't know. No, I was on a whole bunch of different medications. By the way, the weirdest one I was on just for a brief period of time was one called Safras, and this was pretty absurd. The way it was marketed on the box, it said black cherry flavor sublingual atypical antipsychotic. Oh my god, mm, yummy! Uh, black cherry, <laughs> the most manic kind of fruit there is. He, he's a cherry, but he's dark. Then he's a cherry, then he's dark. <laughs> <laughs> Black cherry. They're really tortured, yeah. difficult. Yeah, which am I? I'm not that maraschino fucking hack. It's not like, ah. <laughs> fucking in your Shirley Temple, always bright and cheery. I'm, I'm a cherry sometimes, baby. Why is it George Costanza? I don't know. But, so, but uh, it's an atypical.
little antipsychotic, like we hope you don't go crazy, fucking pill black, yeah. and they're gonna flavor yeah. it black that's cherry so, flavor. You know that's what so that is? Funny. That's like a painting or it's something. That's, so, that, that's, dude, that's like a Brett Easton Ellis novel cover. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we flavored the anti atypical yeah. antipsychotic black cherry black cherry <laughs> flavor. Yeah, yeah. And if it said like low carb, but no, no artificial sweeteners, naturally flavored. Black cherry flavor sublingual atypical antipsychotic. So black cherry flavor sublingual means you put it under your tongue and it just melts. You don't have to swallow it. I like that. Uh, Goes in your blood. Atypical means it's of the second generation of antipsychotics, which is supposed to have less side effects. But years after the fact, a study came out saying they don't know how difficult it is. And antipsychotic means against crazy. <laughs> but that being said, I've only been on antipsychotics crazy. when I've been acutely manic. And now, like, as a maintenance yes. thing, I'm just on Lamictal, which is actually an anticonvulsant that is for people that have seizures. And they found out secondary has mood stabilizing uh, capabilities. Oh, really? And stuff like that. I love when that happens. They're like, this was for diarrhea, but it also <laughs> makes you dick hard. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, because of the diarrhea. Because of diarrhea. The sound of my own diarrhea <laughs> splashing on the floor. Which hey, I have. Listen, I, what if that became illegal tomorrow? You knew what I was going to say. I know exactly where you're going with this. Say it. The eat a bag of dicks, Mr. Stevens. Is no! that where you're going? I thought you knew the bit I was going to no. do, which would have been very prophetic. I was thinking, how do you spell diarrhea? Oh, that's oh, funny. the Matt Holmes, the Matt Holmes. <laughs> oh, you guys Matt McCarthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's the worst about having diarrhea? Spelling it. I think he says, "What's the worst part of diarrhea?" Spelling. It. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Try spelling it. And then you guys he says, "Both have squirrel. similar diarrhea bits." I stopped doing it because yeah. Matt, we, you know, it's I. I, I love I'm the professional go courtesy that says, yeah. "I'm going to let you do the diarrhea." Bit. What I was going to say was, I can only come if I'm shooting diarrhea out of my ass. But I call the cum liquid evil. I have no problem. <laughs> Mopping up the diarrhea. I'm like, this is fine. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. If John of O'Donnell is making, like, a grossed-out face, everyone just turned this off. I don't know. I'm laughing at the idea. I love it. I love it. I, I just can't stop staring at your amazing Nikki Glaser t-shirt. Holy yeah, shit. Go. I think it's really funny to wear God, I want one of those. Nikki Glaser t-shirt. Is any t-shirt, really? I don't think it's funny to wear any t-shirt. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, As I was saying. Uh, come on. You know, come hard on. T sounds, hard K sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T-shirt. Exactly. K-shirt. I'd love to wear a K-shirt. V-neck. V-neck, yeah. V-side. Yeah. One sleeve. Yeah, like that time that... that That's sleeve. the next style. That's the only thing uh, left. A K-shirt. A K-shirt. Yeah. But if you stand next to two other people with K-shirts, you look like a like, bunch of racists. You do. Hard yeah. racist. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. I'm going to keep high-fiving John F. O'Donnell. Keep doing it. Well, let's tell the shark story story. Yeah. Shark store. Okay. Here's what's interesting. I'm going to I'm gonna start with this. This is how I'm going to start the story, which I was excited to talk about with you, was uh, Ari ran the shark show. With, co-ran, yeah. Co-ran it with Nick Stevens. I'm going to forget one of them, which I, is going to break their, that person. The, I'll do it. Nick Stevens, Gabe McKinley, and Dan Gaba. Yes. The there you go. And uh, I, I wasn't going to forget anybody. And then I, um, I used to do it once a month. It's also the first show in New York that I did. That, is it really? It, it was the first alt show that let me on that I, I thought I was uh, I thought I've been vocal about this I hope I've been vocal about this I'm in New York barking with Johnny FOD and I'm losing it I'm performing at the Boston every night and it's just a grind you know now that you know it's been 10 years I look back on that time and I'm like that was great yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but at the time I remember putting my hand my gloves up to a space heater and then melting you know what <laughs> I mean because you're just so fucking cold and you have to follow all these people who aren't necessarily better than you 
you they had just been doing it a lot longer oh god were, that was so fucking right? crazy really yeah. weird did I tell the story about when the Boston closed I had to pretend I was upset <laughs> that's, that's my favorite story Do you know the best thing I got out of the Boston was uh, the, a half-baked signed poster yeah by Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer because like, we like looted the fucking place yeah there was weird yeah. like Dave Chappelle memorabilia in there and like headshots I got like very old John Stewart headshots I'm Mitch headshots I do one-liners about headshots oh my god I love that Mitch headshots Mitch headshots Mitch headshots <laughs> either that or you do one-liner sniper jokes <laughs> the knock on the door it's a good joke wow left right. that joke in the Christmas party <laughs> he's gonna get drunk and put his ass in the punch bowl and we are gonna drink his splendor it is that's a great joke Mitch Headshots Mitch Headshots it's been a while since we've had a silly episode of the show yeah. Mitch, Mitch Headshots is the sort of thing that will live on people will be like did you, did you hear the Ari episode Mitch Headshots Mitch, Mitch Headshots. Headshots that's a good one it's up there with Missy Mitch which was when Chelsea was on. We were talking about Chelsea Pretty. And uh-huh. in like a mistimed, like almost like misfiring of sympathy. Because I am sad that Mitch Hedberg's dead. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking about him. We're talking about him. And I didn't know what to say. So I went, miss you, Mitch. And she made fun of me uh, for about four hours. Oh, that's so fucking We, we still funny. text each other, miss you, Mitch. That's you, so fucking and, funny. And if we miss each other, we text you, miss you, Mitch, which is very sweet. This is, this is never stupid, but I saw... Uh, no, no, no. no. I saw uh, Mitch uh, either the night or the night before he died at Caroline's. And you saw him the night before he died. Yeah, fuck, dude. I moved to New York and I was I never I had a chance to see him in fucking Michigan and I never went. I was like, oh, I'll see him in New York. He's doing those shows at Caroline's. I didn't go and he died and I never fucking saw. Yeah, him. it was either the night before I the remember night. Remember that before the night before, but it was the last show before he died. And uh, I'm not I trying didn't, to be yeah. weird. I heard he was not so great towards the end. Well, I'd never seen him before, and he was one of my favorite comics, so for me it was all it was fucking phenomenal. fantastic. I yeah. love this. I love dispelling that rumor. I thought he yeah. was kind of drug on some drugs. Oh, yeah. No doubt. But also, like, I mean, maybe if I had seen him ten times, I could have a, a thing, but yeah, to yeah, me yeah. it was just like I couldn't believe it. But it, it was, was a good amazing. performance, though? It's great. Yeah. That's oh, that amazing. That's yeah, good yeah. to hear. Yeah. Was uh, it opener Mitch Hedgehog? <laughs> yeah, the opener was me. Yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah. I'm yeah. racking my brain so hard to think of a topic for that right why now. They, why they call me a sniper? I do other things. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Oh my god! Not a bad Mitch headshot. That's a good Mitch headshot. Not, not a bad Mitch headshot. So you saw him where at Caroline's? At Caroline's, and then uh, literally didn't go back there afterwards. Some of the next week was like, "Oh, Patton's at Caroline's. You want to go?" And and I'm the least superstitious guy in the world, but I literally I was like, "I'm not killing another comedian by going to." Oh Caroline's. wow! You god. put that on you? I, I well, not literally. Yeah, but just... I said that as a joke, but I literally didn't go back there until. Six months ago when I like did a show there. Yeah, sure. What? And, you go back there for t- almost ten years? Two weeks later yeah. the host died. Yeah, weirdly enough. Yeah. yeah. Ari, can yeah. you leave the podcast? No. <laughs> Stop doing this. Yeah, to well they did fire their bathroom attendant. I think that's probably what it was. Oh god, the Caroline's bathroom attendant. Uh, every third comedian's opener. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> seen this attendant? Yeah, we've all seen we've the all attendant. Seen, yeah. Move on. He uh, listens and, to and, you and also, you know on. what? You know what? Give him a dollar. Relax. He's got a terrible job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he doesn't pay need the fucking guy. Your routine about how yeah. his life sucks piped oh. into the bathroom. Yeah, because I, I used to be the yeah, was like, fucked up. I'm not going to give a guy a dollar to wa- dry my hands. Oh shit, he wears a tuxedo and works in a men's room. Yeah, give him the dollar. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. What are you, some fucking piece of human garbage? Yes, he's yeah, got a yeah, rough yeah, fucking yeah. gig. There. Yeah, I, it's well, it's pretty bad. It could be worse. I mean, he's in a tux. There's got to be a type of. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he's like the aristocrat of that job. Yeah, of that at job. least they don't make you wear a burlap oh, my sack. God. Oh, really? And by the way, Mint. I took I took the business card. What if you had to wear a werewolf costume? F- uh, what if? <laughs> Holy shit! That'd be great. Oh god! Then yeah. it would be tough to get that job the because everybody wolves. would want to do it. And it's very it's like an extra tall, the, and they only have one. The company he worked for was called Royal Flush. Uh, is that true? That's true. I took a business Aww. card. Jesse Joyce ended up writing a bunch of funny jokes about it. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> but what I was going to say was there has to be somebody that, that probably... Who interviewed that job and didn't get it? No. Well, <laughs> there are a lot of premises here. Yeah, I was going to say there might be a type of person. I'm trying to think that there's a type... See, you know, I want to think that in a Zen world, you could actually find a, quite a bit of pride in something like that. Sure. You know and what Andre I mean? Gide kind of find what you're good at and love it. You are the task sort of thing. Yeah. I'm beyond this. It's I'm not a bathroom attendant in this moment. I'm or attending that, a bathroom. Yeah, myth of Sisyphus, kind of like learn to love the rock. I guess so. But also not completely define yourself by your occupation, That's which what is I'm an saying. unhealthy like, thing that people do in it's this like culture. Maybe he's got kids and a family that he takes care of and he's supporting Yeah, why do they call me a bathroom attendant? Okay, big, t- big deal. I, I do other do things. This. I'm a good fucking person. Right? I'm a good I'm, friend. I'm, I'm a good brother. a famous I'm a good chemist. Son. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's got a good life. He's That's probably an engineer in another country. If you start talking to a cab driver in New York, it's almost always like... Yeah. Oh, I used to drive cab in Czechoslovakia, but I had a PhD. Ah. <laughs> Are you still a cab driver? Like, yeah, still so a cab you driver. ate a seed bat. I don't think most That's people... That's funny. Yeah, I wasn't going to... Most people really don't funny. know the, yeah. the reality, which is if you talk to your cab driver in, in New York, yeah. there's a good chance he was a nuclear physicist. Exactly. Yes. That's I the love thing. That was really seed. funny yeah. the way you, you really did that. You really did right. A to Z. <laughs> but, I, I did, but you didn't A to Z it like this. The only day was like, yes, I am, uh, I am nuclear physicist now in America, but back in my country, I was cab driver. I was, I, mean? cabbage I was cabbage driver. I was yeah. cabbage driver. Also, I was a mouse. <laughs> Anthropomorphic mouse with princess for friends. Also, what country is this? Is this Russia? <laughs> Anthropomorphic mouse with princess for friends? This is far and away the silliest. You made it weird. Yeah, oh, oh sure, God. already. We're going to talk about serious stuff. Nah. Yeah, Anthropomorphic mouse and Miss Headshot. We're making it weird. Yeah. We're doing good. We're doing fine. We're doing, doing real fine, good. Guys. It's going to be okay. <laughs> What was I going to say? Me and Ari haven't seen each other in years, dude. How do you guys know each other? Shark show? Oh, really? Oh, we didn't finish the story. No. So we're in the shark show. We're at the shark show. By the way, I used to do the shark show every few months, so that's fine. God damn it, (laughs) JFOD. I used to see you there, too. That was like a a weird place for us. Um, To run into each other again, having had run into each other most nights. Yes. So then I, uh, the story is, which I'm happy to tell again, I'm at. Uh, Parkside Lounge, where it used to be, Parkside Lounge. Mm-hmm. And I just watched, and I go up to Nick Stevens, and I got nothing. I got no credits. I got nothing. And I just asked. I said, I, I went right for the heart. I was just like, listen, man, I, I've been here for four months or something. I, I perform at the Boston every night, but I can't get up any other place. And I, like, oversold it because I could tell 10 seconds into my little speech that he was going to give me a spot. And he was just like, yeah, it's fine. No tape, no nothing, no recommendation. He just gave Although me a I spot. feel like also Rob Bushimi might have been like, look after my friend P. Holmes. That would have been the other way. Would have been? I was I in met New York Rob for years in, Like, 99, 2000. Oh, you think maybe... I, w- I don't think it's because of him. Yeah. If it is, I'm happy to hear that, but... No, I, it's not, because you, you talked... I, I think you got booked through Nick. That's interesting. I don't remember. Oh, because you know Rob. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, that, so he gave me a shot. He gave me that real shot, and then it became this regular thing. Got to th- two years later, 
Yeah. I'm at the Shark Show. Nick Stevens' father yes. is at the Shark Show. I'd so much rather you tell the story because I remember what I remember. But uh, I sure, I'll tell you from the audience perspective. What do you remember? So Nick's dad, George Stevens, who would always come to Nick's shows, and like, so, which is great, but he would also like heckle the fuck out of the show. Yeah. Uh, Such a so weird choice. The way I remember it is, is you come on stage, uh, or you're, you're in the middle of the set, and uh, you start the joke. Uh, which is like, it was a bad show. He was shitting on the show the whole show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was ruining the show. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of that. Uh, not, not, not just from Nick's dad. Yeah. But primarily from Nick's dad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you start like, how do you spell diarrhea? And then from like the second, third row, you just hear, D? I like as if you're asking an actual question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then for a little while, you try to finesse it back and forth, right? Oh, I want to point out that I had just gotten divorced. Oh. Yeah. That ex- that too explains. Oh, and by the yeah. way, if you watch uh, this clip on YouTube, it is on YouTube. You, I'm still wearing a wedding ring. That's how. Oh, that's how newly divorced I was. I yeah. hadn't taken off the ring. I'm yet. pretty sure if you search wow. Pete Holmes Shark Show, that's the first thing that comes up. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We've tried. I would play it on the show right now, but we've tried. Nick has played it. Uh, we did a show together, and he played it. Like no one likes it. Really? It's something to be enjoyed alone. <laughs> like if you want to watch it, go and go and watch it. But like, so I, I, in all my misplaced rage and anger, really just unloaded. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, listen, if you are heckling a stand-up comic, yeah. there's a decent chance that you are picking on someone <laughs> with a lot of unresolved pain, <laughs> who is kind of looking for a place to. You know, when you have those days where you're just like. And you know, it's one of them days. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna sing it that way. Well, uh, I gotta be alone. We're just like hoping someone fucks you with you. He's right. like, I want to be mean to somebody. Yeah, uh, that was that day. That, that was, was the that first day. and last time that's ever happened to me. Oh no, no, I felt that since then. But it was also this beautiful thing where you sort of said what you kind of wish would be said all the time, but it was so personal because because Pete knows him. Yeah. So he, I don't remember exactly the build, but it ends with just, you eat a bag of dicks, Mr. Stevens! Yeah. And just right there, eat a eat bag, a bag of dicks. dicks. And and realize, I also told him to carry a paper bag filled with diarrhea <laughs> yes. through airport security. <laughs> uh, I wanted him to wait in line with a it bag was so, of The response so was so disproportionate. Yeah. But it was all, but also if like I host the show, so to me it wasn't disproportionate because to me it's like, oh yeah, he's done this 85 times. Yeah. This needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was interesting. It was fun to kind of slay that dragon. And also to see, uh, I mean, I must, have, I must have known that you were going through a lot of shit at the time. I don't know. I was kind of private about it. I don't know yeah. if you know. I don't know if you knew. I don't know if I knew either. It was weird. But certainly to see, like, the, to see was, Pete Holmes get so angry. Yeah. Was well, that, that was a real phenomenon at the time. I wouldn't even raise my voice on stage. Yeah, yeah. That was one of those things. Once I started doing that, I was kind of like, oh, this is how you kind of, like, can express anger on stage. And then you express anger about other things. I will say that wearing a wedding ring while you're going through – and by the way, to my divorced weirdos and people going through stuff, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying the wearing the wedding ring after it's obviously over, because it's very hard to take that ring off, is kind of like the – it's like a relationship comb over – like you oh, won't you won't wow. admit sure. that you're bald or that you're divorced and you're just well, kind of like you know we're going through a thing. Wow. My, Again, it takes one to know one. That's I'm telling you that's how it was for me. I'm not making fun of you. My wife for a while would uh, encourage me to take my wedding ring off when I performed because she thought it made me look sexier and more available. And she thought an audience would uh, respond to that. <laughs> Very interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Uh-huh. I remember the first time I headlined a club. That sounds like an amazing wife. Yeah, I do. I did okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like the opposite of being possessive and jealous or something. Uh, like yeah, well, th- we had we worked through that, too. But, like, yeah. no, I, I mean, I, I, my, for those of you who don't know, my hilarious and beautiful wife, Betsy Stover, uh, also a comedian and an improviser. So she's a very yeah. yes and kind of gal. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes. And take off that wedding ring. That's interesting. <laughs> Pete, I remember seeing you write when the divorce was happening. This is the voice of John F. O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Unbilled. <laughs> okay, oh, am I not co-piloting enough? No, like, you're, co- you're, doing you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. enough? Is this okay, Ari? It's not my show, oh, buddy. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to tell him to go. I honestly was. I was like, you brought him in. I didn't oh, know don't feel bad. In. No, no, no. This is a terrible moment for me. That's not what's happening. Hey, we made it weird. We did it. <laughs> we did do it. Johnny F., nobody's, uh, nobody's okay, asking okay, you to leave. Okay, okay, okay. All I was going to say before the next thing that I'll probably say was that uh, you, okay, right when the divorce happened, I saw you, you were at Cabin. Shit face sitting outside. Mm. You were just like, get me a cigarette. And you were like, smoking, but not even really smoking it. You know? Oh, sure. I was smoking. But uh, you were smoking it. But then uh, you were just so like yelly and angry. And I remember I was like, I was like, I think I like Pete a little bit more now. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I'm seeing a little bit more of like this, the darkness, the real disappointment. I'm having a real hard time not just straight up advocating that people get their heart broken or get divorced um, or like a loss or something. Can I say something really embarrassing but true? Speaking yeah, of things sure. that we're ashamed of is that I sometimes think that my own, like, not having gone through a lot of fucked up stuff, like, my parents are still together, they're great, I've been with the same woman since I was, like, 21, uh, I, I, I wanted to see this therapist once, I saw a psychiatrist, and she was like, you don't need to, you're fine. Like, literally, I was told I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, yeah, you're fine, you're well adjusted. And so sometimes I feel like, I was like, oh, is that what's fucking holding me back? Like, that's do I not have funny. that well wow. to draw? So, and, and Pete, that's like a universal constant in comedies. Everyone says like, well, you all, everyone's all fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, man, we're all fucked up. Like, I'm not that fucked up. I, I would, I would say you absolutely are. Of course you are. <laughs> Let's you know, talk about how. <laughs> I, ju- I just mean like, I don't, my parents are together. I had a happy childhood. We, we never wanted for food or fancy private schools or college was all, uh, I'm like one of the few people I know that went through college, no debt or anything, just yeah. went to college and. Then my parents supported me in wanting to do comedy, helped me move to Chicago. My wife, even though it didn't work out, was very supportive and loving. I was in like it a, worked out for a while. A good place. It worked out for a while. This is a big thing that's been coming up on the show lately. Just because it ended doesn't mean it was a failure. No, you know I mean? I'm it a was, big fucking believer of that. It, I, it had its good parts. Yeah, and then and then I so here I am, but I'm here to say that like anybody. You know, it's just that sort of quiet despair that's underneath everything, I think. It's not there all the time. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I swim in the ocean and have carefree moments. <laughs> I build sand castles. I blow bubbles at dogs. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not walking around constantly in the way. Right. I'm saying in by virtue of you being a human being. Sure. Uh, you're you're quote unquote fucked up. I don't, I don't have any uh, you know serious drug problems or addictions or anything really that weird. When I talked about liquid evil coming out of me, why I just jerked off and felt a little guilty. Sure, that's something. What one out of three Americans does every day is jerk off and then feel a little guilty. I think I'll, you'll be. What's fine. the one out of three statistic? Is that the guilt? Is that the jerk off of the day every day? No, it's three out of three jerk off. One yeah. out of three feels bad about it. The other guy is like, bad. this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. This. I thought the numbers were higher than that. No, I just... But Ari, it is interesting that that is a legitimate insecurity for you in a way. You're like, what? Well, if I was more damaged, I'd have a, a deeper, darker well to pull comedy well, out of And it? also, isn't that the height of like shitty arrogance is to be like, if, oh, my problem is I haven't suffered, I could be more famous if only people had been mean to me. Yeah, like, yeah, that's although, fucking... Yeah. Even, this is what it, somebody said. Who said this? Somebody said it's not a prerequisite. Like, pain is not a prerequisite for being a comedian, but it certainly helps. You ought to be crazy to work here, but it helps. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Well, Mulaney said to me, famous, uh, to me famously, he said, pain gets in the way, which I think it kind of does. But that being said, going against what I just said, I'm a big believer that to get to that 
second half of your life thing, that second maturity level, it does help if someone hits you with an ax. Not necessarily a relationship problem. Uh, I don't know what else it could be, the loss of a parent or, or yeah. a, somebody close to you or, or something disappointing. Or Is it weird that then I, I also sort of expect – I feel like uh, – all right, I'll give you an example. So I remember my friend Chad and I would talk about when we were in college that we came across a statistic, like an FDA statistic, that you're allowed to have uh, – the FDA regulations say you can have like 70.75 of a mealworm in every carton of juice. Gross. It's like what you're allowed to have, right? And so what we would joke about is like, well, we've been drinking 70. juice. 75 No, no, like 0.75 mealworms. You can have like three quarters of a mealworm is oh. like the maximum allowed. That we've been drinking juice our whole lives. We've never found a worm. So somewhere out there, there's a carton that is just worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm so, in a way, I'm I'm keep waiting to get that worm carton, mm. which is like, it, okay, because the uh, ancient Greeks believed that when a, a child was born, there were two jars by Zeus's throne, and one contained uh, uh, evil and bad fortune, and one contained good Alfredo fortune. Sauce. <laughs> oh my god, amazing olive oil. Uh, <laughs> But that, that some, <laughs> I so wish that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the jar of good and jar of evil, and some when some people were born, they were given just from evil, and when some people were born, they're given from good and evil. But nobody gets just good. Mm. So there's that part of me that is waiting for like, well, where's my fucking life changing? I'm shit? relating ex- to what you're saying uh, wholeheartedly. I remember being in college. I, I think I went through 28 years of my life being. Uh, not not pain free, but very close. Sure. I had a lot of tension and humiliation and embarrassment from my family, and that helped uh, you know make me creative or whatever. But I didn't really have any big Mack truck pain yeah. until the divorce. And uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, let's, uh, nobody here is saying you should get divorced, but I understand. Leading up until that point, I, I would listen to music. I remember listening to. It didn't even have to be like fucking cool music. Just any music where the back in those days it was probably like Sarah McLachlan. Like I sure. listened to like the most shitty music, <laughs> and uh, I still enjoy you, Sarah. And because <laughs> she's listening. Yeah. Hey, Sarah. Didn't mean to call it shitty. People just I was vulnerable. Uh, but I remember just listening to anybody sing and sing passionately. And sing with, like, some sort of pain or some sort of message. And I was like, what's that like? I wonder what yeah. that's like. I didn't know what I stood for. I don't know what I care about. But do you know what you stand for, what you care about, what really gets you worked up? Yeah, but, like, in what sense? I don't know. The general sense that I just... I didn't mean to be sassy. Oh, no, no, no. That no, I, I just asked, I just mean generally. But what I care... I feel like I'm pretty centered and stuff. I like I, Dude, absolutely. Like, I, what I was thinking... While what is this, your lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You don't absolutely. have to answer that. You don't have to <laughs> answer that. No, but you—I've—I've always work. thought of you genuine, awesome, super kind. But I've never been like that's holding him back. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, no, I know. But, but that's why I said it's like it's like an arrogant, weird, shitty insecurity. Because like, or just work harder is like the real answer. Question: Since going through divorce and stuff like that, do do you hear music differently? Like, does like Tom Waits or some shit? Like, oh yeah. Mean, yeah, it all means yeah. something better. All of that shit makes the other shit so much better. It's because so- I guess it's all just it's another color you can paint with. Yeah, it, so. it's a huge requirement. Yeah. It's so I'm, I, I don't mean to be again. I, I open this part of the conversation by saying I'm afraid of becoming the person that says you need to have your heart broken or something to get to that next place. I don't think you're going to say that. Doesn't strike me as you, right? You've never been like, here's what you got to do. No, I mean Mulaney, one of my absolute favorite comedians. Oh yeah, that hasn't happened to him. There wasn't any like severe pain, although he was like, you know, had some drug problems and alcohol problems when he was a kid. So he did have some turmoil. 
He also has, uh, you know, a little bit of that religious upbringing, so he has that to rage against. Yeah. It's good to have things to rage against. And you know what else I think? I think when you've got, when so many of the people that you, you know, you admire or you respect their work or whatever, they have all that, it lo- it starts to look like that's the roadmap. There's that confirmation bias of, mm. oh, well, that's because... the show should be called Confirmation Confirmation bias? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, with Kumal Bell. <laughs> <laughs> with Pumal Hell. Pumal. Me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that I was giving real thought to like, no. oh, how do we get the, from Kumal Bell to uh, Pumal Hell? <laughs> uh, it's a waste of time. Yeah. I wasted your time. Uh, keep going. You weren't done. Oh, uh, confirmation bias. Oh, just in the sense of like, I think that because you see so many people are successful and they've done A, B, C, D, E, F, it's the, the trap you fall into is looking at that and being like, oh, well, that's the way to do it. I do think there's something to be said about Marin having his heart shit on. Like, I think he was married two, three, two times. Yeah. I think that helps. And I think it helped Louis. Yeah. I think it helped me. I think let's look at some other wonderful people. Bill but also, Co- but Marin, fig- I mean, and I don't know him at all. I mean, I've met him once when I was like a fanboy kid. But he he's figured his shit out kind of late in life. I mean, he's always been good. He's always been funny. But he seems to like himself and be cool with himself now in a way that he never used right. to. But, he, you know, his podcast all started because he was so yeah. dark and really hating himself. But, yeah. I mean, you get to that real hate of yourself after a couple failed marriages and a career not going the way you want it to. Sure. So I, I'm starting to change my mind a little bit. It, it's like what kind of – okay, so the thing is like Mulaney doesn't have any huge trauma. Yeah. So if we're looking at his success trajectory. But he's also just one of the most naturally talented people he's in amazing. the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you have two choices. I mean like you can be – because you're talking about – I actually resent when people are like work harder. Like especially – I'm what I'm hearing, I hear from you a little bit of like – why aren't I further ahead? And I sometimes hear people be like, oh, I could work harder. Like, instead of, like, doing this, I should be working on my jokes or something. I'm kind of like, I actually don't think... I'm not talking about you. No, it's okay. Even if you were, it's fine. But I can't talk about you because I don't know this. I just don't think what needs to be tweaked is some sort of regimen. I've always wanted to punch people in the face. uh, Just end there. <laughs> See that—that's a good four AM thought. Is like God, I'd love to crack someone in the face. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean, anyway, <laughs> I'm not saying I've had that one, but that's a good. No, one. but you do that. What if, right? What if I push that fucking woman in front of that car? That will, thats what Poe calls the imp of the imp of the reverse. Yeah, there you go. Wh- who's whose term is that? Poe. Edgar Allen? The only one. Oh, okay. Not not po not po Not the Popo. Yeah, not the Popo. Fucked that up. I missed the layup just now. Uh what was I saying? Uh Poe calls him to the perverse and before that, uh it always makes you want to punch people in the face. Oh, is the comedians going uh this used to happen in New York all the time when we were starting Johnny Off was uh people would like have their notebooks on their arms and go like, I'm just gonna go to a coffee shop and write. I'm like, you're not doing it right. That's that's not that's not right. It's not right. Our whole life is our art. Mm-hmm. Every, our whole soul is our art. Our whole experience is our art. And you can't try harder. You can, in my opinion, if I'm going to preach, which I am, uh, you can do fewer drugs. You can drink less. You could sleep a little bit more. Yeah. You could give yourself a little bit alone time. You could watch more movies. You could read more books. You could take more chances. You could meet more people. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I, I, I get mad when people are like, especially around the new year, they're like, you know, instead of complaining, every time I was going to sit around and shit on Aziz for getting his fourth hour, I'm going to take that energy and I'm going to write. Fuck yeah. you. What are you going to sit down and be like, yo-yos, yo-yo. You know those used to be a weapon? That's that's like finding out a slinky used to be a penile enhancer. Go outside and meet a pirate, you fucking hack. 
uh, can I can I use a yo-yo bit? <laughs> you mean like go experience life? That's, That's what, what I'm saying. Okay. But I think uh, yeah, go outside and meet a pirate. You fucking hack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Go meet a pirate. Go swim in a day where you feel every emotion. That's your there job. There you go. That's, That's your job. I think there is something to the uh, maybe to the ritual of it though. Because I, because I know for for me at least more in the past than like I would have a I would prefer a joke live an in infinite perfect potential in my head, but you know then you you force yourself to get it out there, or you'll come up with something. Uh, oh, fuck, what was the thing you were just you, know, you were just talking about it? I was watching it recently with your talk with Patton, the the thing you wrote like on the nightstand, on the TV show. Yeah, you yeah the interview with. Uh, this is useless conversation. I should have remembered it. No, it's okay. I'm um, trying but to you're talking about there, there was a bit. It was like you guys were. Talking about like shitty old jokes. Yes, because uh, I used to do the two. I wake up at night and I just write something down. and have no idea what. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. But once in a while, I, I'll find something that I that I force myself to write down ages ago, and then it does make sense. Like I'm in a different place and I can make it work. Yeah. And maybe if I hadn't sat down and forced myself to do it, I will say this. Okay, so look, I think what we're seeing is that I'll, if, if for better or worse, I can argue both sides of it. Yeah, sure. You can also something that we've talked about on the show. There's a great benefit to free writing and just getting writing. Yeah, I just I just kind of like resent the rigidity. To me, if you go on stage and you've written it out, it jinxes it. Yeah, you know what I mean. If I that like that daughter dads are creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not written out. And Bill Burr and I went out for drinks the other night. And we were talking about this. It's like if you're going to tell your friends a story, if you're driving to your friend's house and you have this great story you want to tell them, you're not going to write it down first. Right. You, but that's a certain type of maturity as a performer. I know I'm a good performer. I know how to communicate. I won't be afraid up there. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to get up there and blank. And then, like, I know how I feel about fathers and daughters and how I think that's creepy. Yeah. Go. And be okay with the fact that it might not do that well. But I, if I do what I used to do, which was go to a coffee shop and write it out, then it becomes this thing. Right. It's on a piece of paper. It's typed out. It, it, it's, uh, it's now possible to forget that great line or, or do it out of order. Yeah. There is no order. It's not a thing yet. Go up and communicate it from your, from your dick. Yeah. Yeah, and you then and then record heart. it and listen to it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Go out and meet a pirate. <laughs> I agree, but then also I don't agree. Playing both sides. <laughs> but I just I just said yeah. that, and then I said, oh well, what what don't you agree with, John? I like I think that there's different there's different ways that that kind of work for different comedians. Some of my bits I will write out word specific, and I don't feel. Like I'm cheating it, I, and but then oh, I'll, I'm not saying you're cheating it. I'm saying that introduces a pressure to say it that way. Yeah, but then I'll feel fr- yeah, but I'll feel free enough to then explore what works on stage with it, and then it kind of organically adapts to what sure. it is. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. like for certain bits too. Like I guess more ones that I want to be wordy. If you want to kind of do some bits of that that are that more ranty style, Here, yeah, I like to write them out. Here's what it is. Here's what I resent. It's not really if you want to write it down. Some of the great – Kumail writes out his bits, I think, uh, or he used to. A uh, really, really great guy. I'm sure Mulaney has some stuff written down. You know, uh, it, it, There's no hard and fast rule. Nobody's here to tell anybody how to do it. Here's what I will say is I resent people thinking that hours put into it, – it, re, here's what I resent. I think that coming to a joke, writing a joke, being inspired to – Think of a joke, a premise, very valuable, a unique premise that's something that you want to tell people is a spiritual experience mm-hmm. or, or it's a sexual experience. I'll use sex. It's easier and it might be funnier. <laughs> so it's like a, 
It's like it's like a sexual experience. And no, no, I'm going to go spiritual. Yeah, it's like a spiritual experience. The spiritual never goes awkward and makes you sad. And you can't. Uh, you can't. Uh, you can't. I, I'm trying to think of what I'm going to say and listen to your joke. <laughs> I don't want people to think that they can manufacture a spiritual experience. You know what I mean? It's like if I work on my comedy yeah. more, if I put the man hours into it, but a spiritual, a transcendent moment could happen in line at a coffee shop or it could happen in your fourth hour of meditation. Okay. You just have to be open to it. Totally agree. But let me also ask this because you were someone that well, – I guess you're still a spiritual person, but it's someone that used to be a religious person. Yes. But can you Thank manufacture – <laughs> if only my mother would understand that. I'm oh, just kidding. She go. does. She <laughs> go on. Uh, but can you manufacture an actual spiritual experience by going through the ritual? Like if you pray enough, yes. you do the thing enough. Right? I, I would say that. Okay. And that's why I think that's the second part of the evolution. Uh, spiritual – the way that we learn how to be spiritual are things like the rituals, the, the communions, the conf- – I didn't do the confessions yeah. or anything. Confession, church, hymns. Preaching, uh, God be with you, say hello to your neighbor, kneel, stand, sit, sing, leave, is a, re- is a dress rehearsal. I'm stealing this from Richard Rohr who wrote a great book called Falling Upward. It's a dress rehearsal for the real church, which is all of life, which is a constant communion with this force that we call God. Okay, Now, I would say sitting down and writing or watching specials and analyzing them or meeting up with your friend and t- talking about bits is a rehearsal for the real church or real writing, which is the constant commuter, constant communion with your creative force, oh. your God. There you go. We'll be right back. This is Dan <laughs> Dispatches from Outer Space with John F. O'Donnell. <laughs> wow, Pete. You just made me and all of my comedian brothers and sisters sound really fucking important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with that that speech I said? Yeah, that was fucking awesome. I mean, it's my life. Why wouldn't it's important? It's, 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 <laughs> it's important fucking, to me. It's fucking beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you're married. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I know Betsy. She's amazing, dude. Yeah, I haven't seen her in years. I know Beth. Is that the unplugged recorder, Katie? That we're not recording this podcast on? <laughs> I think I give it to someone else. Okay. Oh, we've been recording this whole time. I thought we just look. It's around. Gil. Let's make this a four a four thing. I'm just kidding. Hi, Gil. Hey, Gil. It's my son, Gil. Gosh, he's growing so fast. Um, here, I want to go back to that ring thing. It's yeah. actually interesting. The first club I headlined was called Fat, Dumb, and Happy. It was in Provo, Utah. The first club you headlined was in Provo, Utah? Yeah. It actually made sense. I was very clean and related to them quite a bit. Sure. I remember when you got that gig and I was like, I want to go out to Provo, Utah. I was the first one they sent. That was from the, that was a, that Dustin hooked us up with that. Yeah. And, uh. Could you imagine if they sent me out to Provo? That would have been, that would have been weird. Yeah. That would have been weird. It was weird that they sent anybody that they sent. Yeah. It was weird. They sent Big J. Oh, my God. They sent uh, Rich Aronovich. They sent uh, Mike Britt. Dude, I remember this like was so long ago, and I was like... To Mormons. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. go find some clean comedians. We're just sending you the lineup from Thursday at the Boston. Yeah. Right. I remember when I... I remember but thanks I, for sharing the wealth. I remember, <laughs> yeah, when I, yeah, I remember when I asked you, because I was like, well, you're going to do an hour? How are you going to yeah. remember that? And you were like, well, I've been practicing. I've been just doing... 10 minute chunks and then just building on that and then just remembering them. Oh, that's interesting. It was, it was so long ago. See, that's, so that's, that's that sort of uh, Zach Galifianakis lesson that comes up time and time again is that I used to be so calculated. And I was like, an hour 
is uh, this 10 minutes and this 10 minutes and this 10 minutes and this 10 minutes and this 10 minutes. And then I was like, no, an hour is I get to do as long as I want. And I'm flying the plane and sit in your chairs and I'll go in the order that I'd like to go in. You know what I mean? It's so much more that attitude than it is. And then I do your closer in the middle. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the fucking way to be. And on a flat note if you want to be like, nah, sorry, I I blew it at the end. Yes, absolutely. You know what? I very recently have fucking decided that if there's a bit that I'm proud of, that people have dug, and this one particular audience, it doesn't click with them, I am not immediately going to use that tension-diffusing um, you know, tool in my bag where I can be like, well, that didn't work as well, or that yeah. got weird. I'm whoops. not, whoops, I'm not going to fucking do that anymore. Instead, uh-huh. I'm just going to kind of pause, take in that lack of as much of a, a popped laugh as it's supposed to be, or that silence, and just fucking move on. Because yeah. I'm proud of some of these jokes, and they connect with people. Something somebody told me that, something Hannibal does, this is really interesting, he said he noticed that if a comic told a joke and it didn't go over as well as they wanted or bombed or something, that they'd look down. So then he became conscious of not doing that. So let's say he told a joke and it didn't pop this, the this, way. This, this is great. That's worth the listen to this episode for Mitch Headshot and that tip. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah, it's priceless. Oh, okay. I'm these li- are these are like what this whole show is like the best parts of conversation well, let me of t- the past fifteen years. Let me tell you this: the last part, of- and it's free. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> let me tell you the last part of what he did. Yeah, it's so amazing. And you know, obviously Hannibal's one of the funniest people on the planet. So people I'm sure not Hannibal. too many Meh. of his. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say, by the way, so usually when someone does, I, I'm all that joke never works. Like when it's someone who I assume everyone is beloved, yeah. I'd be like, meh, hack. And someone always gets weird about it, but I'm like, I'm in a room with two people. It's perfect. Nobody could possibly dislike Hannibal. And he just did the Chappelle thing before. I said, oh, we're just, we're just great. He's great. Hannibal. But anyway, so what he started doing, and I noticed this, he, he'll look up. Yeah. So if something happens, it doesn't pop the way he wants to. He'll pause, look up, totally absorb any mm. silence, not show any chink in the armor, and fucking move forward. And it's fucking powerful. Hard racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, let's do this, Johnny. I, I was call the it, for the second hour, let, let me give it just to, to Ari. Absolutely. Just because I, I don't Absolutely. want him to leave and feel like he got shafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I the last thing I want awesome to do hang out is with shaft you. anybody. You know. uh, thank you guys so much. This was delightful. Yeah, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> No, I, do. I don't even ask that. I do. I fucking do. Yeah, I, believe I've, you do. Uh, I have a new album. This is this will be the first people to know about it. Let me guess the name of it. Cans I, of Beans in the Rings of Saturn. Can I tell you what? One of my fucking EPs, one of my albums will be called Black Cherry Flavor Sublingual Atypical Antipsychotic. Not it's bad. Shall. Not bad. Not this one, though. This one that's out, is it's new half-hour material, Live From Outer Space, Volume 8, bro. You have eight albums? Yeah. Is it but just, there, some of them are like 20 minutes or so. You is know it just know? a long voice? You have eight you albums? Yourself? Yeah, but they're like, some, they're like EPs. And then this one is like half an hour. It's But this one is... I'm really happy with it. Just go to lifematterspace.com. Take it for free if you fucking want. I don't care. Contribute some money. Just fucking download it. It's half an hour. I had a crazy year in 2013. Everything is going well now. And it, uh, it sounds like you did a show in outer space, is what you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is had, fucking amazing. He had, he had eight shows in outer space. Yeah, yeah. But the figurative outer space, the outer space of our minds, sorry. The inner space. Uh, I was like, what if, what if that was like the last thing? <laughs> I was just really hoping that you just laughed a little bit and I could be like, I'm out. But instead, are you guys? No, I see. wanted to let that he sit. Just gave me the fucking dead eyes and I was like, <laughs> I gotta go. But uh, Life in Outer Space Volume 8, man, fucking just download it and shit. And parts one through seven. Yeah. Yeah. Parts one through seven. So Leonard, part six of albums. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. He has enough albums to take you from here to Montana on a on a bike. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got a few hours on that. Um, but uh, Pete, it's so fucking good to see you. Good to see you, man. Ari, it's so good to yeah, see man. you. And uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Bye, guys. All right, goodbye. You want to say keep it crispy? Keep it crispy. I will. Do you remember what we said last time? No. When I was on the show last year? What? Keep it synchro crispy. Synchro- oh, remember we did yeah. that? Because we were talking about Carl Gustav Young and synchronicity. Carl Gustav Young, man. What makes sense in the morning of your life will seem like a falsehood in the afternoon and a downright lie in the evening. Hit Fucking it. Fucking beautiful. Yeah. Evolution of conscious- consciousness. Is- enlightenment does not happen by staring at objects of light. It happens by t- making the uh, darkness uh, unconscious. I-, I fucked it up completely. Yeah, that made me sad. Yeah. I make the darkness... No, enlightenment does not happen by staring at objects of light. Instead, you have to make the darkness conscious. Beautiful. Yeah, all right. Keep it... <laughs> Deal with that, Ari. <laughs> keep, it, <laughs> keep it synchro crispy. All right. Keep it synchro crispy. Brother. Bye, buddy. Brother. I'll see you soon. Stay black. <laughs> um, you, now you sit here. Oh, great. Yeah, that's 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 the guest chair. Technically, John F. O'Donnell was the guest. Oh, oh, great! You you were uh, you were I I was Seth Herzog and uh, you were the sidekick. Are you gonna cook latkes for twenty five minutes? Does he do that? No, but he we had a, a holiday show once and he was like uh, his mom and him cooked latkes and it took twenty five minutes. Weird. <laughs> now John's saying goodbye to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna get the fuck out of here. I love you in that movie where you steal back the Nazi art. See ya. <laughs> He looks like a tiny Matt Damon. He looks like a voodoo doll that if I put pins in him, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon would feel it. it. Yep. <laughs> God, he's just not popular enough for anyone to laugh at these jokes. Matt Damon? <laughs> ah, not Matt Damon. Ah, Johnny FOD. Oh, very funny guy. Nice to see you. I, I don't want you to be robbed. You know, it's interesting. Uh, somebody leaves the room and there really is a, I don't want to sound all new agey, but it's, it's like a completely different. Alchemy. Yeah, it's a different yeah, vibe. Agree. Different vibe. So it's almost like a starting over yeah. of sorts. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Nice to see you. How long have you been in Los Angeles? Not long, like about four months. How's that going? I love it here. Yeah, I love okay. it here. Yeah, sure. And I feel like I, most most comics it takes them like six months to a year. Uh, I fucking love everything. Wait, about you it. weren't like visiting a bunch. You just came no, out? No, I just, just came out. And you love it? Love it. You yeah. have a house or something? We, yeah. We don't own a house, but yeah, we have a house living there. Uh, I wouldn't ask you if you owned it. I you know. own it? I feel weird trying to make qualify it. Like, I love I'm, people that rent their houses that want to be like, we don't own. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's As if right. I want everyone not to be intimidated by how successful I am. Yeah. I might possibly own a house at 38 years old. Yeah. Uh, are you 38? <laughs> I'm 38. You're younger than I am. Thank you. Okay. All right. You know, uh, right. And uh, I, uh, I don't know that much about your wife. Let's talk about your wife. We've yeah, talked about comedy a lot yeah and your wife is an improviser you say yes. and a comedian what do you mean oh um well i, I don't differentiate improviser and comedian i think sometimes we think that's fine but stand-up. you yeah. said she's a comedian and an improviser i thought maybe that meant she was a writer oh. and an improviser or something i don't know no, you know what i think i meant comedian first and that like she's one of us and yeah. then improviser sort of sub phylum yeah okay i see yeah comedian sub- yeah like i might say comedian and stand-up comedian and a writer i see yeah. She's not a stand-up. No, she's not a stand-up. Yes, yes. Although right. I did talk her into going to an open mic. We haven't gone yet, but she's going to... You're going to go together? Uh, I think me and her and uh, Matt and Glennis are going to go. Just to an open mic? Yeah. But Matt and Glennis do stand-up. I know. And you don't? Yeah. No, and, I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. She does. She not. doesn't. She does not. Is she going to perform? Yeah. 
Because I thought I misunderstood. The reason I said you don't is I was like, oh, everybody's going to go and be like, wouldn't it be funny if we did oh, an yeah, open yeah. mic? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, weirdly enough, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, this is. Just do the, uh, do the Nerdist one. Yeah, you know. I, Super you know, friendly. I have not been up since I've been here. There you go. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll, that can make you feel a little bit weird. But you're having a great time. I had a great time. Yeah, it is. But it is weird because I came from New York where, um, and I don't say this to be like silly and self-deprecating, but like, but I mattered in the comedy scene in New York. Uh, uh, everyone's happy to have me here. But like, you know. No, I understand. It's, yeah. it's, 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 I've been at UCB since the 90s. Yeah. So, so you can walk in anytime and do anything. And like, yes. And here, everyone's happy to have me. Like, come yeah. on in, sit down. Great, you know. Um, but yep. n- nobody, nobody here is worried that I don't have a weekly show. You know, like in New York, they might be like, "Oh fuck, why doesn't I have a show?" Uh, what do you mean by that? I, I don't understand. Oh, what I mean is like, I don't know. Like, I felt like an important central part of the comedy scene in New York, uh-huh. just because you know, because we've been at UCB, Bessie and I, for like fifteen years each, and everything. Oh my god! Um, and we, you know, we had a weekly show, and I could get up kind of whenever I wanted, and I could just go to a show and be like, "Hey, can I do some comedy?" They're like, "Yes." Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Here it might be the same, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't asked. I haven't put myself out as much. Yeah, sure. No, I understand. Well, that that's a, that's an essential part of uh, all these different comedy cities. Yeah, going from Chicago to New York for me was a starting over. And I've said this many times, but I think it's important for people to hear. There's a lot of for all the oh, we were talking about the ego and all that sort of stuff. For all the gargantuan, huge fuck, I don't care that Chappelle's here. Ego that I think is part of the requirement, a little bit of a, a belief in yourself. There's also like a lot of times you have to unpack the grocery bag, and then you have to pack it back up, mm-hmm. and then pa- like I'm talking about when you move. So Chicago, I mattered. Moved yeah. to New York, nobody cares. Uh, then I got to the point where I mattered in New York, uh, and then you moved to LA, and then nobody cares. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. Literally, the the scale keeps changing. Even though when I was in New York, I'd done a couple things on TV. You come to L.A., yeah, so a lot of other people have done a bunch of things on TV. Yeah. We need to know you. So there's a lot of starting overs. Is, is. But it's also good because as much as I loved everything I was doing in New York, that's who I was. And there's something cool about coming here and being new, but also kind of knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. In a sense. Like when I went to New York when I was like 21 – my big advantage was I was too dumb to know I wasn't good. Yeah. So I'd just get up there and be a fucking hack and then be like, I'm the best. You started as a stand-up? No, I started, I didn't do stand-up until You were like, a hack as an improviser? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. How are you? How can you be a hack? I guess be I know. needy and jokey and go for laughs and uh, a lot of accents. And, uh, Is there anything where... I th- yes, a lot of accents, thinking that's a character. Mm-hmm. Hello, welcome to my deli. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I, did, do you teach improv, too? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, was, I thought you did. Yeah. Because I think I tried to take your class. Oh, I would actually. have loved it. Seth's yeah, mom took my class. Been fun. Who? Seth Herzog's mom. No, gross. Yes. I don't know why I said gross, <laughs> but I think it's weird. It's weird. It she, is weird. Yeah. What's her name again? Uh, Kira Green. Kira. Oh, she wouldn't want me to say her last name for some reason. She always used to be weird about that. Whatever. She's not listening. She might be. She might be listening. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Do you want to? Well, Katie left. Uh, it's okay. Katie left. It was. A, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to do. She'll have to listen for it if you want to take it out. It's in the second half. Yeah, it's fifteen minutes into the second half. <laughs> um, sure, it's fine. But you, what are you doing now? Um, well, I'm teaching a little at UCB. Yeah. Um, I'm writing at BuzzFeed during the day. Oh, really? Yeah. How's that? Uh, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. Um, and my hours are great. I work New York hours, so I work seven to three. Uh-huh. Uh, but I got two kids, so I get up. You know, they get me up at six anyway. Really? Yeah. So I didn't it's know you had two kids. Yeah. You got two kids. Three old and then eighteen month old. No. I know. That's like very traditional, isn't it? Two years apart, basically. Yep. That's incredible. Uh, wh- wh- how'd that happen? 
Oh, no one's ever swallowed. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked my wife. Yeah. Oh, my what? God. With your dick? Uh, yeah. And you came your evil inside of her? <laughs> my evil inside of her, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so, oh, my God. So, you have uh, two, two boys. boys. And they wake you up at six because they're crying and smoking cigars? Uh, no, just because they're up. Usually the big one's out of his bed and throwing books in the little one's crib. <laughs> they share a room. books in yeah. his crib? Uh-huh. Catch up. Pretty much just everything just in there. And, really? Yep. Really? Yep. That seems aggressive. Uh, yeah. Is there that jealousy thing they have? Uh, they get that jealousy sort of thing? Uh, I don't know yet because the younger one's only 18 months, so like they're, they're, I think they're pretty cool. So the, how's the th- older one is three. Three, yeah. Which means he's talking and stuff. Oh, he's talking. Yeah. Do you ever ask him where he was before? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You have to promise me that you will. I will be happy to. And he'll answer it. It just won't make any sense. Kids have... Oh, really? Well, yeah. I just a week ago figured out that yesterday means any time in the past. Oh, really? Yeah, because he'd always be like, yesterday was Christmas. I'd be like, well, not strictly speaking. Uh, oh, and then I read a book he... and it was like, yeah. Oh, a book said that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people do that, like just have a a hard grasp on like when the past was. It's actually just kind of an exaggeration of something I think I do. Sure. I'm like, oh, that was uh, three years ago. Yeah. Like we tried to figure out when Bridesmaids came out and we were like, I think it was 10 years ago. It was like three (laughs) years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. My guess was 10 years no. ago. <laughs> and, then, and that was with Emily Gordon. And she was like, well, every year that we live, it seems like there's a lot. It's almost like the president. They say there's like six years in one year. Uh-huh. I'm not saying we're like important or anything. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying it's been a crazy year. So each sure. year it feels like a lot of years. So uh, kids and and who you both tend to them. I guess, I guess my question is like how – how does it work? Yeah, how does it work, I guess? Um, you guys are both c- pursuing your creative dreams. Yeah. And doing them. Uh, and doing them. Yeah. Although, again, all of that, like, we kind of had to restart all of that when we got out here. Um, our Betsy's sister lives with us. Uh-huh. So, Sitcom. Uh, yeah. So she... Uh, Is uh, she, she attracted wa- to you? Uh, I assume everyone's attracted to me. <laughs> uh, Do no. you? No, I don't. Uh, A little bit? Well, not, not like family members. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but in general, I kind of, I don't know, I hear a lot of people talk about like, like, oh, when they, they see people like young women on the street and they just assume that, oh, they're gross and old. I don't know. I always assume kind of yeah. like a kind of sexy older professor thing going on. Oh, there you go. Get those elbow patches working. Right? I was, I was at lunch today with Chelsea and I saw this very attractive girl, uh, what I would say very much out of my league. And I looked at her and I, I didn't even smile. I just kind of looked at her and then she looked at me in a way that I didn't like. Uh-huh. Like the time of eye contact was so short. I was like, you're just going to dismiss me yeah, that yeah, yeah. quickly? So I have that, too. I don't, but that became from my mother loving me too much. Sure. Did you have that, too? Uh, not with my mother loving me too much. I think my parents loved me a good amount. Yeah, just the right amount. Yeah. That's, well, that goes back so. to you saying yeah. you were well-adjusted. But your sister-in-law isn't your family. Oh, I don't know. I mean, she is. and really, I've known her since she was so little. She's 22. Uh, so She's she, 22 now. Yeah, so she watches it's the kids during the day. Worse. I just want to, then, you to admit that you want to have sex with Really not that kind of situation. Really not that kind of situation. <laughs> that's, the, that's the purpose of this show now, is I'm like, admit it. But this is what I'm saying. I would love to be able to come on this show and be like, yeah, dude, I got some dark yeah, fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I see. But you don't. I don't think I do. I mean, yeah. I'm, I must, right? But, but then I feel like... 
then there's that like shitty arrogance again of like, uh, oh, I'm going to concoct something and like, oh, dredge up this thing because I'm almost jealous that other people have mm. fucked up stories. Oh, you know, that's actually kind of like a good uh, like short film or like a good bad short film, uh-huh. which is you're you and you resent that you don't have anything bad. So you manufacture something. Sure. Which like is like Munchausen. You, you start mailing your shit to the elderly or something. And you're like, isn't, that, <laughs> isn't that weird? Yeah, right. And you're the poopo box. Down the, yeah. I... <laughs> and now I got a hook. <laughs> poopo box. Fed excrement. Oh wow! Yeah, not bad. That's a good piece of Seem, work. Seems experiment. like a you poop, you poop s. Yeah, you ps. You, That's when oh you start God. peeing in the boxes. Yeah, <laughs> you pee in the box and send it. You ps. I'm gonna tell you something totally honest. I could do this all fucking day. Yo, I puns? could sit around. You love and a good pun. I do. I can't think of any uh, DHL uh, oh. dumped huge log. I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> not <that> bad. <laughs> Yeah, that that to me is is the the best thing about Twitter is that it's it's oh, made it's, it okay for comedians to do puns again. It's your pun dumpster. Yeah, absolutely. I got that from Zach Sherwin. Oh, pun dumpster. dumpster. His Twitter bio says Zach Sherwin says uh, Twitter is my pun dumpster. That's excellent. Which yeah. is great because yep. that a bad joke like that could could get and legs. especially because uh, again with like two boys, I finally figured out why like dads become less funny. Yeah, because you've got this audience that is going to reward only the dumbest. Yeah, dads know uh, what they're doing. Yeah, dads aren't idiots. Uh, they they know that they're being embarrassing some of the time. They're they're just going for like some sort of rise. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, puns and lowest common denominator sort of jokes become your bread and butter. Yeah, your it's pre- also ten years of hanging out with Nick Stevens. Yeah, uh, is he in New York? Uh, yeah, for the moment. I, I'm hoping he moves out. The whole group disbanded. Yeah, you Why guys- everyone fucking comes out here. Yeah, is it well? Isn't Gabe out here? He Gabe's out here and there. He's bicoastal. He's Barton Fink. He's like he's a playwright. He like writes actual plays and then gets called out to Hollywood to sell out for the pictures and like resents it, and makes money, and goes back and forth. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like wow. he is living an ideal lifestyle of seventy years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps me in moonshine and Pretty wooden much. nickels. Yep, and moonshine, wooden nickels. Yeah, yep, oh. dames. Oh. So okay, so uh, tell you were telling me kind of a little bit about how it works um, because the performer being so selfish and so. Atypical, strange hours. Uh, it, it seems like kind of a weird. It's hard to. It's hard to have like a regular existence as a performer. And here are two performers, and 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 you got and you got the little squirts. Yeah, it does. It definitely makes it a lot harder because when you don't have that going on, you can just go out and do whatever. You know, like if I didn't have kids, we could get done with this, then I could be like, hey, you know, what? I'm going to stick around, like watch some shows, and blah you blah, could blah, blah, do blah. what John F. O'Donnell did. But it's not working for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you don't have anywhere to go. But then right. that's also tragic. And then you could argue that your heart is more full and that's appealing and it's nice to see somebody. Oh, yeah. I don't feel bad for myself yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, the other side of that is that I don't put as much pressure on myself because I have, like, awesome shit to come home to. Like, I have another project that I'm working on, which is, like, raising my kids to be cool, productive members of society who, like, don't hate themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, so that – I mean, that part of it's great. Like, I've got these other things – that's actually, sort of you know, on. it's interesting. Uh, sorry, to, I, I always bring up my own current experience. Yeah, please. Lately, I've been surfing and uh, not well. Um, but surfing the ocean? Surfing the ocean. I thought you meant the internet. <laughs> I've just been serving pornography websites for, for pornography. Sure. Uh, you're you're no, the one. I've been surfing for pornography about surfers. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. on the board. It's yeah. Great. He gets a. I guarantee you it exists. I'm sure it does. I fucking promise. 
How great is that about the internet, by the way? That like everything you can think of. Exists. Twenty years ago, if you had to like put on a duck costume to get hard, like you're a weird outcast. Yeah, and, I know. I know. forget somebody does have that bit, but it was the idea that like if you really wanted someone to like come in your in your ear, yeah, yeah, you you'd have to go out to like a candlelit dinner in your Victorian garb and be yeah. like, so um. Would you? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then they you slap you. You have to build you. a whole trust and then risk it? Yeah, there's a duel. Yeah, yeah you have yeah. to build a whole trust and then risk it. Yeah. It's like, this is my 15th fiance. Yeah. And then I tell her, please come in my ear. It's lady come too. <laughs> yeah. Takes a while. Yeah. Uh, and a funnel. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. What was I saying? Oh. Uh, sorry. No. What was it, though? Oh, uh, surfing. Yep. So when I surf in the morning, if you get up at like 7.30 in the morning and you surf for two and a half hours, which uh, is what I did on Sunday, the rest of the day, it's hard to compete with that. It's, it's hard to motivate myself to do a show yeah. or write or do anything creative because you did this very fulfilling activity. Because yes. to me, surfing is uh, physically fulfilling. It's uh, naturally, naturally, mm-hmm. like uh, nature. You're swimming. There's sunlight fulfilling it's uh socially fulfilling you're floating on boards talking with people waiting for things to happen uh and then it's it's also exhausting and, yeah. and then you eat afterwards and you feel like you really did something and um and then like the rest of the day kind of pales in comparison it's not so much that i'm tired afterwards it's that i'm like what am i gonna what am i gonna go do uh fucking a, a show tonight i was yeah. gonna say tiger lily i don't know why i was just thinking of tiger lily maybe because is that tonight yeah it's tonight but uh if you were raising children, fuck surfing. If you were like having profound moments with your children, yeah, or just taking them to the zoo, even what? if it's not profound, it's like you've done a thing. This is the day when I did this. It seems really easy then to go like fuck everything else. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I mentioned earlier. What I was always thinking of when I was saying like work harder, which is at any moment I can convince myself that I am the hardest working man or the laziest man, and because I think facets of both sides sort of exist sure of course because because strictly speaking i could get done with everything it's 10 p.m and whatever i could also go out and do shows and the difference is before i had kids i would mm-hmm. and there's no way for you not to get better well that's not necessarily true but like there are people that are living examples of that plenty sure. Yeah, sure. but if you're you know if you're pretty good and you know what you're doing yeah uh I would say if you're decent and have like an if you're open to growth. yeah yeah and if you love it and don't mind failing yeah that's the thing. Once you've demystified that failure and once you're not sort of afraid of that anymore. Yeah, sure. I still get impatient of like, why am I not as good as so-and-so person that like, – you know, I did improv for 15 years. A lot of people were on the road doing stand-up for 15 years. Yeah. So like, yeah, I shouldn't be a 15-year veteran stand-up. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm a joke writer. Like, I've got the art. I, I just need the art form to sort of like mm-hmm. – I think I got that right. Uh, of, yeah, just be able to like get that comfort and get out there. And you're right. It's like when you've got a lot of other stuff going on um, – it's very easy not to because mm-hmm. you don't just lie on the couch and like think bad thoughts about yourself. And also you've done something very fulfilling. Yeah. Like it's actually a strange uh, – look, I don't want to be a weird comedian who only uh, relates to his, his craft. You know sure. what I mean? But that guy is going to, for better or worse, only fuck his craft. You know, he's, he's right. only going to spoon his craft at night. Yes. And then, like, if you teach your kid, cliche, but how to read or a new song, or I'm, I'm saying this is a better thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that's a better spend of your day in influencing these precious children and growing with them and watching them and helping them and, and <laughs> you know, uh, I was going to say rearing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is better and a better spend of your time. But, it, you know, it's not going to do it, anything for you. It's your a different career. kind of high. 
though. Yeah. In that sense, I'm not of saying like, it should do anything for your career. By the way, I, what oh, I'm what, well, yeah. to put to put a pin in what I'm saying and then get to the different kind of high. No, it's the same thing. Is that it's hard. It once you start doing a real thing that's fulfilling on many levels, it's actually hard to go back to the. I want to serve myself. I want to be like a talented performer sure. and, and rake in the glory for myself. When you saw your kid go like, what's a, what's a blowfish? And then you showed him on, on his iPad. Yeah, yeah, on his iPad. That's what I think parenting is, by the way. It can be. That's what a blowfish is. Uh, I, I think there's also a difference to me because like, well, first of all, I rarely, it is super fulfilling, although I, I rarely like put the kids, although this does happen sometimes, really put the kids together and then Betsy and I high five each other. We're like, we parented the shit out of that. That happens? That does happen. Ah, yeah. That does happen. <laughs> we great. literally high five the, the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, and then there are days like the other day where we're like, and sometimes you get a bad crowd. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's not even like, to me, it's less of a, it's not the drive to like be famous. I almost, I remember when I first got to New York, I think maybe I was under ambitious with comedy because what I, the thing I used to say is like, all I want is to make a union electrician salary doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Well, then I, all right, check. And now I want more for it. But to me, it's the thing of like, I, and this is a cliche, but I think it's a cliche for a reason. I feel in a lot of ways more comfortable on stage than off, even if I'm uncomfortable on stage. Like, I feel that's such a part of my life that I feel like that's mm-hmm. sort of, like, who I am in a lot of ways. So when – oh, this sounds so cliched. But, like, when I'm not doing that enough, it does feel a little bit like I'm not seeing my kids. Hmm. I understand. Does that make sense? No, I do, of course. Of course. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I understand that. But one thing I like about L.A. is that so many of my friends also have kids out here. Like, back in New York, it was, like, me and Nick. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. But here – and then you see, like, oh, people are making it work. Yeah. Uh, this This is that town where it's, like – uh, New York would be like, you want to be in showbiz? And then you're like, yeah, I do. And then L.A. is like, you want to be in showbiz and have a Prius? <laughs> <laughs> I have a Prius. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's like the town where I accidentally guessed your car. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, well, cool, man. And so what it, Betsy is performing, do you perform together or – uh, yeah, we you know I'm a, always interested in who's right for a comedian sort of thing. And in your case, you went since a young age with another comedian. Yeah, yeah. The first time I ever went to UCB, uh, I met her. Really? Yeah, she was the first ever intern. I went there, the, and she was handing out tickets, and that's how we met. Uh, uh, and for years, we didn't perform together. Was the um, show called Your Heart? And <laughs> she gave you a ticket to Your Heart. Mm, she gave me a ticket to Ask Cat, oh, ah. and then I eventually won her over. Yeah, uh, it takes some doing. Yeah, I it was more. I was from the moment I saw her, I was like, I'm in love with that person. But to be fair, you did. I did, but I did that a lot. You fell in love with a lot. I of would people. fall in love on the bus. Like that wasn't unusual for me at all. But um, <laughs> well, this one, you followed. And through. I and, and I think she was just like, all right, that guy's loud and cocky. Uh, oh really? She yeah, yeah, yeah. She thought you were real cocksure. Uh, yeah, I was loud and cocky. Was it racist? Racist Asian Tom Cruise? Oh my god! One no. of your characters. <laughs> He had a character called Racist Asian Tom Cruise. I just want to point that yes. out. We started with, I think, I was, I had to play Tom Cruise in a sketch. I always had to play Tom Cruise. I was the shortest guy in the show. Yeah. Uh, and for whatever reason afterwards, Gabe was like, why do you make Tom Cruise like racist and Asian? And I wasn't trying to. So then we put on a Saipan hat and committed to it. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember very well. So tell me, you fall in love with her, but you fall in love with a lot of people. Yeah. And then you just kept seeing her at the theater. It was a little. It was pretty convenient. That's where you were yeah. going. That's where she was going. And we would do shows together. And oh, you improvise together. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And then for years Did later... Did you always initiate these, like, loving relationships and stuff? <laughs> it, it probably took 10 years for us to improvise well together because we were wired so differently. Really? Um, I remember doing a scene where 
afterwards she said she was like when you started that scene like what were you going for and i literally didn't understand the question like i've never gone for anything the scene it's yeah. just very moment to moment um just like let's see where this fucking thing goes yeah and she's always more smart you know smarter and game you know more game like click 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 and figures things out ahead of time so, oh so she'll go she'll have a more loaded initiation yeah or, or there's nothing else she'll have a plan she, she yeah. yeah she plays chess a few moves ahead yeah uh, and I don't she aced f's uh, she aced f's yeah and you're just going out and being in the moment yeah not that that's better that. it uh, sounds like I no, have a bias it's, for it's, that it's different I understand like there there are people that would go out and and do an initiation where it was very clear to them that you're in a museum and the room yeah. is filled with lasers and she says hand me the hairspray and it's so you can spray it on the lasers but in your world you're just like here's the hairspray and you're like. Oh, I think you look great. And now yeah. I would like nothing. That's my fit. Now I want nothing more than that kind of miscommunication. I want to do getting ready for a date in the laser museum so badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my favorite people to play with are a lot of times people that like like Frank Gillespie. Getting UCB. ready for a date in the laser yeah, museum. Where where the initiations are kind of wrong. We don't kind of understand each other. Uh, and it's gr- I remember doing a scene with uh, uh, with uh, Brian Husky where he started. Uh, we started at the same time, kind of by accident, and he had this very much like we're going to speak to Susan about these these reports and blah blah blah. But I came out with uh, as a uh, evil man from the sea, like from the bottom of the sea, I bring you death. And then, <laughs> but like you can't unring the bell, so now this is what's happening. <laughs> and he says, you know, what, what you do in your own time doesn't matter, but we got to get these reports. And fine, I'll get the reports, and then I'll bring death to them. It was great. <laughs> once you from the bottom of the sea. <laughs> A yeah. cut line from Pacific Rim. <laughs> From the bottom of the sea, I bring you down. Best. Oh my god, that's fantastic. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Happy, happy mistakes and going with the mistakes. And those are my favorite things now. So for years, Betsy and I didn't, I think, like playing together also because uh, we lived together and we worked together. Uh, I'm you still know, laughing it from the, from bottom, the bottom of the sea. sea. I bring you down. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the death is coming from. It's gotta be. He brought it. Around. Of course, you had a trident. Uh, so but yeah, she but then, didn't like playing with you. Oh, yeah, and, and we, so we didn't. Uh, we tried not to work together too much on stage, and then uh, we got put on a team together, uh, and then it was great. Yeah, and I love playing with it now. We do a show now called Old Friend New Friend, which is a four-person show. It's, so it's the two of us, and then one of our friends from that we know from back east, and then somebody who we've never played with before, but whose work we admire. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you do like a montage. Uh, no, the form is called one or more scenes. Uh, we just go out there and we play until the lights go out. So sometimes it turns into a play. It could be a musical. It could be whatever. Yeah. It could literally just be one scene that keeps going. We just kind of vibe it out based on whatever it is. It's the most relaxing form in the world. Yeah. There's almost no form. Yeah, there's there's no form. Actually, the form is no form. The form is no form, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just going to go And out. we came up with it. I used to do a show called What a Year with Miriam Tolan and uh, Jody Lennon back in New York. And it was like a 45-minute show, and we got done with the show, and it was great. And after, I think Miriam was like, I feel like we just did two. Did we do two scenes? Like, oh, yeah, we just did two scenes. Um, yeah, and we spent so long in improv, like, learning, like, form and craft and intricate yeah. and blah, blah, blah. No, I just want to go and fuck around with my friends. Like, that is where I'm the most comfortable. Yeah, of course. You're a minotaur. I'm a babysitter. Let's make something happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. And that is the most fun. Yeah. Although a lot of teams, would that could be the the beginning of the end for that. You know, some of them. We got to be good. Yeah, you got to be good. You got to not worry about, like, if you know it's going to work. Like, I literally, not that every scene I do is great, but I know it's going to work. And then it's just, the fun is, like, finding out sort of how it works. Yeah, that's great. I, I love improvising. Yeah. I really do. Do you it's improvise like... at all? Do you still play? No, no, I don't. I, I'm all, there, it's always could you, a little bit. Could you be bit. bullied into it? 
Yeah, no, of course I could. I, I enjoy it. My problem is, is I, uh, I don't know what my problem is. I might be a little bit too hardwired for the joke at this point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like to try and make some gag. It's, but that, see, to me, that's fine because that's the energy of Pete Holmes on stage. Ah, uh, well, so I can do that scene too. You yeah, know? well, I think the real challenge would be not to be aware of the audience and be let the audience know that I'm aware of them. Yeah, that, that training is so in me that I I think it pulls that's me so out. Funny, because I'm bit. the opposite thing. Because I spent so long trying to learning to block the audience out, and now, and by the way, when I say I'm good, I say this not in a self-deprecating way, in a serious way. I've been doing improv for 21 years. I've been happy with consistently happy with my work for three it doesn't mean i've been terrible the whole time but there was a point where it clicked in and i was like all right um but uh that's interesting yeah um blocking the audience yeah so now that i'm i'm much more comfortable on stage now what i'm trying to do is allow them back in Mm -hmm. um and just like yeah there's whatever how many ever you know three five people that are here um uh they're part of the show, you know, these 80 people, these whatever they are, like, they're here, they're experiencing it. So to allow myself to let that in, mm. let that wave in and not be thrown by it. But you don't want to see that wink to the audience. No. You know I mean? That's what I hate when stand-ups do improv, where they're like, <laughs> Well, right, because you have to be I mean, if you get up there, unless you're... No, but you have to be funny if you're a stand-up. Because I was going to say, even if your bit seems anti-funny, like, I was going to say if you're pushing a stool around stage for six minutes, but that's fucking hilarious yeah. to do that, right? Well, um, Tig did that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> It'd be weird if I was like, no, yeah. it's my, what? I thought that was someone, just your example of that? nothing happening. No, no, no. Uh, but that's such a great example, that take bit, because it's also such a specifically tightly controlled thing, like a, a talk show set. Um, but that thing is is super funny. Uh, but in stand-up, if you're not getting laughs, it's fine. But in improv, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. If you're if it's good, if it's engaging, like then funny is like a byproduct. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you just made me think of, did you see the uh, Conan where Mike Lawrence went to the wrong mark? No, I, I, I'm not making fun of him. I just something about take moving the, the yeah, stool yeah, yeah. around made me think of all the places you can go on a stage. And then I was like, Mike Lawrence came out and went to Conan's mark instead of his mark. It was a really interesting. It's funny because yeah, you don't think about that stuff until you sort of see it happen. And then it happened. I actually talked to Conan about it. He was like, the reason he wanted to leave it in was because something happened. Yeah, sure. It, it wasn't to like. It wasn't to be embarrassing or anything. It was just like, look, something happened. Something yeah. interesting happened. Uh, well, that's, that, that's very interesting. You, you, you're bringing the audience, the awareness of the audience in a little bit more. Yeah, I'm trying to do that, and I'm trying to make more physical contact, and uh, I'm trying to play a greater variety of female characters. Those are the things I'm working on. You're trying to touch people more? Yes. Really? Yes. That's like a note you gave yourself? Yes. It's something I'm working on. I don't understand. Um, Is that because that New York style where it's just two people talking? Yeah, largely. Yeah. And also because edit, there's a distance where you can – it's like, kind of like making eye contact. There's a distance in which you can put up that barrier to allow yourself the safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you touch someone, like, you have to have a reaction to that. Yeah. Um, and so I became conscious of my own stuff of, like, well, to – yeah, that, like, to be not ever touching somebody on stage, it feels a little bit like being in a conversation, not making eye contact. Yeah, that's interesting. You're right. When, you, when you're in an improv scene and, and there is physical contact, it's going to force something to happen. It makes everything important. If you take a really boring line like, uh, uh, oh, snap, we're out of milk. If I lightly caress your cheek and I say that, that becomes important. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And then even if you treat it like it's not important, the fact that you treat it like it's not important becomes fascinatingly important. Yeah, that's true. I always go back to, I think it was Peter Gwynn. Is mm-hmm. that his name from yeah. Baby Wants Candy? Mm-hmm. I still refer to him as from Baby Wants Candy. Sure, sure. Is he? Is that his biggest? I'd get Colbert might have been bigger, but we can do. 
he wrote on Colbert, or yeah. he writes on Colbert. He wrote on Colbert. Um, well, Peter, I know Peter Gwynn is an improviser from uh, Chicago, and he wrote this really wonderful thing about how to audition for improv. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says was take everything personally because you only have. Two minutes, you do like one two yeah. minute scene, one two person two minute scene. He's like, you don't have time. If somebody sits down, say how dare how dare you sit down in front of me? Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, uh, you know you don't want to get into just argumentative improv, but yeah. it's, it's nice to have some sort of perspective. And I think you're right. Touching does have that sort of thing. I like that quite a bit. Let's let's um. There's so many things we could talk about, but I don't want to forget. To, well, in 20 minutes, we'll have been talking for two hours. What's that? It's 90. It's 90 now. There we go. So it's not as bad as I thought, right. lengthwise. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about. And once uh, we edit out all that John O'Donnell stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck him forever. Uh, no, yeah, that was wonderful. It was nice. It was, it was nice great to, to see him. I haven't seen him the longest time. And you through him, I thought. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, the meaning of life. Yes. That's the fun part. Yes, that's it my is. favorite part. And I don't of the get show. to talk to people about this generally. Is that right? Yeah. Do you have some thoughts on it? Oh, but the meaning of life. I just mean like. Yeah, I guess I, I do mean that. It's like, what are we doing here? Uh, did you grow up religious? Uh, I didn't grow up religious. I remember a moment when I must have been like five mm. where I asked my mom if God was real. And she said, what do you think? Oh. And I was like, no. Like, ah. that is not control that I wanted to have. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I wasn't really religious. I mean, we did What the, do you think? Like, oh, that's, I mean, at five. Like, just tell me. Yeah. Tell me, I'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But what a favor. In a sense, she was doing sure. that. So we, you know, we did, uh, I, you know, I would go to church from time to time just as a cultural thing. Yeah. Uh, my dad's Greek Orthodox. Um, and my mom's Jewish, but that kind of Jewish that came over during the pogroms in the early 20th century. So her family didn't know anything about, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was raised pretty secular. Um, I have no fucking <coughs> idea what the meaning of life is, but I kind of am cool with that. Yeah. Uh, like when I think about it too hard, you know, it's like, I know this. I mean, I feel like as... I don't have a strong conception of God, but I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, I can absolutely believe in a God, but not one that cares if I eat shrimp, like that kind of thing. Like, that seems preposterous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like the lessons of Christianity in general are pretty cool. The application is yeah. often bad to me, and I can't always see past it. I don't know. I feel like, if anything, I would buy it if we are like an intricately crafted minor detail in a forgotten corner of God's infinite, beautiful imagination. (laughs) But if there's a God, he's onto other projects. Yeah. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, sure. Why couldn't that force thing be doing a lot of other things? It's gotta be. We can't possibly be the only life. But that doesn't make us any less or more important. I don't think think you you could be less or more important if there is such a thing. Well, and, and the idea, I certainly don't, and by the way, uh, you know, Betsy, uh, her dad is a Lutheran pastor. Oh, wow. Uh, and her mom, after the divorce, went hardcore into uh, Judaism, oh. uh, I think to date Jewish men, partially. Uh, ah. So Betsy was raised, like, with total religion. I was raised with none, and so we've sort of met She was that. raised with the oh. Jewish religion? Both. So oh, she both. Would, she would go to, uh, like, Hebrew school on Saturdays, and then, like... Like uh, Sunday school and Sunday. What a bum deal. That's too much. Yeah. It's supposed to be one day. It's supposed to be what? Yeah. Even God rested on one of the days. <laughs> right. That's that's right. rough. That's interesting. That's but what are you going to teach your kids? What if your kid says, what is God real when he's five? Um, is God I don't know. Yeah. I mean, God will. He's God will. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not. You're gonna say, "What do you think?" <laughs> I, no, I don't want to. I yeah. don't know. Because yeah. I re- that, like I don't remember much from answer. being four or five. I think I'll say I don't know. I think I'm pretty comfortable not knowing stuff. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's kind of an advantage of mine is that I'm fine not knowing. But you're not plagued with too much anxiety or guilt or anything like that. No, because I, I certainly don't believe in hell or anything. And, and, you know, heaven doesn't make a ton of sense to me except sort of as it is on Earth, which seems to make sense to me. Sure. Uh, but certainly the idea of, like, do do good out or you'll get punished, like, that's not real good. Yeah. Right? Like, someone that is good all their life. It's so funny. I was just saying that to somebody, too, which I was like, uh, who did I say this to? I'm going to have to think about it. But if I had a gun to you yeah. and was like, uh, hey, Sunday go to church, and yeah. you were like, okay, it doesn't mean anything. Or if I put a gun to you and say, like, believe in me or I'll shoot you, it <laughs> well, doesn't right. mean anything that you believe in me. Yeah, I, um, you know, go, go hug your brother, I'll give you $5. Right. Well, maybe he was going to do it anyway, but now also he doesn't know. It's also meaning, it becomes meaningless. What, yeah. is, what, what is the value of your belief if I say, I will burn you forever if you don't do this? Right, so for me, like, well, that's obviously not true, right? Yeah. That, that concept, well, I hope not, but whatever, like that... Yeah. Uh, I that, hope not, I know this, whatever. no one's getting burned for all eternity because they kiss another dude. That's on its face ridiculous. Like, that cannot be true. Sure. It can't be true. Uh, even though most people throughout history have said it's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, culturally speaking, on, on, on the whole timeline of history, you're in the minority. Oh, I, I'm not saying it's true either, but, like, if you look through a lot of the Dark Ages or whatever. Uh, 100%. Although during the Dark Ages, people were probably, like, less concerned with, like, a middle-class middle morality. They were probably more like, you know, Stay alive let's eat and, some bread. Yeah, yeah, let's see how many of our 12 kids we can yeah. survive. Feed and yeah. spear that guy, kill this hyena, eat the hyena. I have this weird thought maybe, that's maybe sort of kiss a dude in my head. who cares. What's that? Maybe, maybe kiss, kiss a dude, a dude who cares. Yeah. People are less. Well, and then you buy your way out with yeah. indulgences and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, so yeah, if there is a heaven and a hell, the people that bought their way in with indulgences, I assume they're still there, right? So are they there because their grandfather did on a technicality? Yeah. Well, imagine the number of people that you could meet that got into heaven by a completely different set of rules well, no than shit. you did. Yeah. Well, I murdered a lot of Jews during the Inquisition. Yeah. So I am on board. I'm yeah, on the yeah, list. Yeah. More pineapple, please. More, more pineapple, because that's, right? That's heaven food. Yeah. Well, okay. you dip it in it Cool Whip. Oh, that stuff is all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, I'm glad I get to voice this thought, because I don't think I've ever said it out loud, because it sounds sort of like hippie-ish and pomps at the same time. Yeah. Um, but the only thing I can think of when I think about it real hard is that uh, maybe we're all kind of literally the same person, like everybody, yeah. in that... Because a, a person is largely the sum of their experiences, right? Like if, like like I said, everything in my life worked kind of well, but like I could have been the same person and with slightly different luck, I could have watched my parents be murdered like Batman uh, and I could have gone into like a whole different thing, right? I'd be the same human with the same set of DNA. Yeah. But in an alternate universe 30 years later, wildly different person, right? Mm-hmm. So we're the sum of our experiences. So to an extent, I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's like a nature thing too, but then... So when we die, that goes away, but then there's a new person that's starting out, all these new people that are starting out, they're just the sum of experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if I, and to do this, I'm disregarding the idea of an internal soul, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, then if that's the case, if we're all just experiences, is there, I'm not explaining it well, but I feel like it, in a sense, all of humanity's past and present is one big organism. I mean, you had me just at the premise that you didn't need to explain okay, it too much. Yeah. The the idea that we're, that we're all one thing I think experiencing we might be. itself. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense when I when I see the dynamics and and the different sides to each of our individual personalities. That's why I think there's something very unifying in 
Some people say, uh, you know, spiritual teaching is that you are God and that I am God. Right. But if I'm God and you're God, that means we're the same thing. R- that's a Let, much more elegant even, way of what you, I was stumbling around. Uh, you could even take God out of it and say, I'm this table and you're this table. Jesus, you know, eats the bread and says, I'm the bread. You're the bread. Right. Eat the bread. We're all the bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. Drink my blood. Drink my blood. It's my blood. My blood's in you. My bread's in you. My body's in you. It's all just being like, let's commune. We are communing. We have this consciousness. We're all doing the same thing. We're all experiencing ourselves. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm into some weird hippie shit yeah, like that. I don't know. I mean, oh, it, I'm open yeah, to it. Yeah. Because I don't have it. That doesn't come from like a true spiritual awakening. That comes from a very left brained, like, well, let me think the only thing that makes sense and like blah, 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 which isn't probably yeah. the way to get to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. W- were, did you feel more certain and happier when you, quote unquote, had the answers? Because no. I've never had um, the answers. That's a very good question. When I thought I had the answers, I uh, no, I could be actually very easily agitated. I remember um, people, my brother uh, at this one meal was like grilling me about who I thought was going to hell and I got really upset. Yeah. And the reason I got really upset was that I knew he was right. I knew that he was touching a nerve, which is where I've come to my – one of my spiritual beliefs is that when people are like, I think, uh, for example um, – bad people go to hell. I'm just like, I, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you believe that. Because when I said I believe that, I didn't actually believe that. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? I, I think you can break that down and get to the point where you're actually like, I don't think that's true. So I, I think I'm uh, much, much happier now. I was I was just a, as, if not more, afraid of death uh, when I thought I had all the answers uh, yeah. than I am now. Because I guess having all the answers, I guess, at least in the Christian tradition, right, then part of that is you're also probably not going to the good place. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I mean, that, that, that is a, that's part of the problem. If you believe in one or the other and you're like, okay, I think I'm doing it right, but what if I'm not doing it yeah. right? Yeah. But I, you, what about you? When, when you die, do you think it's over? Do you think it's dead I over? I don't know. I really don't know. Would you, how shocked are you? I kill you right now. And yes. Then, uh, you're floating above your body and... Uh, thrilled. Thrilled? Probably thrilled. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, did I, you see Touching Entering the Void? No. It's a great movie about just this. Oh yeah? It's a movie about a, it's a guy, it's not a spoiler, it's on the back yes. of the box. He dies and, and it, it follows him through that journey. I want that to be true. I mean I really do. It would that would be me being like, whoa! Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, it's kinda of the, the, the McCarthy thing where he was like, Yeah, I knew it! Like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I definitely like, I want that to be true because the yeah. whole concept of death is completely absurd. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Um other than the sort of the ancient Greek Homeric idea of immortality of there's two roads to immortality and one is to do great deeds and be remembered forever and the other is to have uh, all these children and descendants and you're literally carried forward and the concept is that you can't do both although Odysseus does both he's the one guy that does both neither of them work though when the sun burns up our entire planet the optimism involved in thinking that humans will still be around when that happens is wonderful I I love it too that we'll find a way to go to another planet of course we will have to Uh... We can't not just stop. We can't just stop being. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, right? Can I put this to you? I actually think one of the the arguments, one of the patterns that I think could be repeated in the afterlife of us not remembering our ego, not remembering our existence, Mm -hmm. is uh, dramatize every night in us not really remembering our dreams. Sure. I I think when we die, we might look back on this entire existence like a dream upon waking and be like, I think... Something with a comedian. Right. You know what I mean? I think I had a pod. Was that a thing? But (laughs) but if it's that, here's the thing, because I'm totally on board with that. But if it's that, what are we waking up into? Yeah, no, I what happens when that ends? Yeah. 
Or, or does that end? Or does that end? You want to you want to melt some dicks? I, I was thinking about you know I talk about this a lot on the podcast is and I talk about it on stage is that we're on a planet and I'm like it's interesting we're on this thing that has limits and it's over at a certain point and then I was just hypothesizing what would it be like if we were on a thing that we didn't know where it ended right mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying here's a planet and we know there's a finite where it is and where it isn't it's yeah. in the solar system. And the solar system isn't the planet. That's not. That's where we're not. And right. this this planet. This is where we are. But what if we lived on an infinite continuum? Okay. Yeah. So it's just like you know, just picture a big green field, but it goes in every direction. And there's no sky. I always just picture kind of like a yellow sky, uh-huh. but it's just really just kind of like a thing above you. You can't. It's almost like a ceiling or something. Uh-huh. Uh, and then everything just goes and goes and goes. And then in this world, and it just kind of you can't. There's no curve to it. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's not a ball. It's just a landscape that's just never ending. And then science in this pretend world that I'm hypothesizing where they don't know where they are figures out that there's a point in this infinity that it actually loops, right? Sure. So you're like, oh, here's the part where it, it just – you're actually going back to where you were before. You know what I mean? I know very little about science, but that sounds right to me. Right? But then I was saying that's kind of what we're in now. Yes. That's what the solar system sounds like. It w- I don't think that's how it is, but it's, it's possible that we could reach a part of our space exploration and be like, and this part where you're always like, what's on the other end of it? Right. What's on the other end of it is a repeat, a, a reflection of the thing again. Okay, to go back to John F.'s fractals, like that's, but that's, that's what, why everything that's in exactly nature right. seems to repeat itself. Right. I think that's why I got hung up on this whole we are all each other thing. Because to me, it's like, well, this collection of molecules and experiences, we call that Ari right now. That's what we name it. But then if I'm not here, there's another collection of molecules and experience, and that's Raul, yep. whatever. I but like Raul. that might as well be me in a sense if I'm not around. I understand. Right, because there's no me to differentiate that from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, this is something we like to talk about, too, is your molecules and your skin and every cell in your body will be gone in seven years. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I say this all the time, but the molecules that were in you at the beginning of this interview were in me at some point. You know what I mean? Like, we've swapped molecules. We're all fucking each other. Yeah! It's crazy. Well, that's good. It's a, that was a good God talk. Yeah. Uh, but you're not worried about it. You feel fine. You're going to let your kids kind of figure it out on their own. Yeah, I th- uh, yeah, I think so. I feel like as long as I don't know, like, so if you leave, it's so hippie. But like, if you leave the world a better place and you try to kind of make people happy and you don't play or hate and uh, yeah, you know, like create some heaven here. Because I've also seen religion do great things, like when communities are fucked up by a disaster, and I've seen the way communities come together and blah blah blah. So yeah. there's obviously good in it, and there's good in spirituality. And there's a good in like let's sit down. These uh, well, there's some good, and let's set down these rules so we don't murder each other and covet each other's stuff. Sure, but it's such a short step from that to kill the different person to isolate Piggy on the island yeah. so that we can define ourselves by what we're not. I don't know that reference. I'm Lord kidding. of Flies. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what if I didn't know that reference? I don't know. There's gaps in my education. Let's do the speed round. Do you remember the punchline to my yo-yos used to be a weapon joke? Uh, uh, Slinky used to be a penis extender. Yeah, you're an improviser. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Shark show offended. Can you be offended by things that you don't know? I, or or can or, you? Can you? I judge think we were saying, you can you know. judge something you don't know? Yes, but not all of the time. I think is the answer. But sometimes, to that. right? So like, I sometimes seen you can grown ups too. I don't know why I don't like. Yes. Right. But there's stuff like that I know because we just based on patterns of like what we know. Yeah. I can fair, generally fairly judge. Yep. Yeah. Based like, on the past, I probably won't like grown-ups, too. Yeah. Yep. And that's fine. 
I just you, we just have to you know it's a it's a very biblical thing hardening your heart. You just don't want to you you don't want to hit pause when you're 16 when it being cool just meant hating everything. Yeah, yeah, being too cool for school. Definitely. That's where the dad, dorky dad, making his puns and singing songs in the grocery store. That's where he's right on. Is he's mm-hmm. like fuck that. I'm going to participate because life is long and I want to eat Ethiopian food and yeah. I want to watch this movie and I want to read this book and I'm going to play with it. Uh, here's a speed round. What kind of soap? Do you use uh, a body wash that was not bought by myself by your wife? Yes. What if it was a burglar who keeps breaking <laughs> in and giving you a body wash? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank breaking you. Breaking and entering and leaving gifts like Old Santa Claus, Saint Ive. Yeah, Old Saint Ives. That's the brand. That's we the myth totally, of Saint Ives. Is it? Yep. It's like a shea butter Saint Ives. That's crazy. Uh, cr- yeah, because you've been in my fucking house. Because <laughs> oh, I'm Saint Ives. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of, just real quick, I know we speed around, but um, Betsy and I agonized over uh, what to tell our three year old about Santa Claus. Yeah. Because uh, I was like, on one hand, you tell him that lie, man. You tell him every lie. Yeah, but that's kind of how I felt, which yeah. is like, uh, I don't want to rob this kid of a magical world. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time. Uh, if you Santa Claus means that uh, Christmas is all about take take take. What am I gonna get? I'm yep. gonna scream my wants to the sky and be disappointed if I don't get them. Whereas for me, that's not what Christmas is about. Yep. It's about like family and like giving and stuff like that. So we kind of grudgingly were like, all right, we're not gonna do it. Cut to Christmas Eve. Santa's coming tomorrow. Like we had a whole planet went yeah. right out the window. Oh, that's great. And he loved it. Of course, I made he the right did. call. Yeah. yeah, I remember <laughs> believing in Santa. I also remember not being able to read. Similar, sure. ignorant bliss. But also to go back to that, I remember as a kid being able to believe in Santa and not believe in Santa and ha- hold those true truths together at the same yeah. time. Which I think, to go back to God, is what atheists sometimes miss when it's like, well, what about this scientific point? What about this? Sci- well, how about and these really persnickety questions? I suspect that my pastor father-in-law would say, like, yeah, you're approaching it wrong. That's interesting. It's it's about the question. It's about faith. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, there is no Santa. And then you also enjoyed some right. Santa. Like, there is no Santa, but there is in the sense that there's this media figure and gifts come from somewhere and kids don't know where. Yeah. So if there were no Santa, we'd have to create one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference. Uh, <laughs> Lord of the Flies. <laughs> do you have a sleep ritual? I like to pretend lately that I'm in a pile of leaves. Oh, someone emailed that one to me, and I loved it. Ha! I, they said, I pretend I'm in a pile of leaves, and I think, no one knows I'm in here. That one's helped me fall asleep many that times. That is terrific. No, I'm developing sleep, which is a little, because I'm trying to get more than five hours of sleep, because I used to get, like, no sleep, and then I put myself in the hospital with that. Uh, you did? Yeah, I got meningitis in October, uh, um, which uh. sucked. Uh but it was just life's way of telling me to chill the fuck out. Hey, cool it. So, so I used to just stay up until I couldn't keep my eyes open, and that's when I'd go to sleep. Oh, um, that sounds horrible. I had to get stuff done, oh. supposedly. Oh, I thought you were just, like, watching TV or some shit. No, it's just once everyone goes to sleep, that's the only time I can, like, get writing done. Oh, uh, like I see. In theory. In theory. Uh, but um, well, I try sometimes. I, I re- sometimes I'm able to watch myself fall asleep and be conscious of, like, oh, I am sleeping now. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. And it's not that often. Just, like, I used to be really good at lucid dreaming, but I can't kind of do that anymore. Uh-huh. So my sleep ritual is to try and do that. Or try and control my dreams, because I'm such a control freak that I even have to control my unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Or more to the point, see if I can influence them. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I'll sort of, like, check in with different parts of myself falling asleep and try to kind of actively relax. It's interesting. I do something like that, too, where I pretend there's an old man with a clipboard going around this big cavernous, kind of like Synecdoche, New York, the uh-huh. set at the end of that movie, going around my body uh, with all the scaffolding and, the, you know, the, the skeleton of my body and going, like, legs, shut them down. And they're like, yeah, and they're yeah, 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 yeah. shutting it down. 
mine's not nice. as anthropomorphic as that, but like it's a similar. Yeah. Yeah. One thing at a time. Yeah, I, and I do the the big old school like. Yeah, there you go. The power down. Yeah, no, we both do that weird. Yeah. Uh, do you have? We can do your Google search. Sure. Do you have your phone? Yeah. You just have to go into your history. I bet mine are so fucking weird right now. Oh yeah, based on because I have a kid, so it's probably gonna be a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> but that's see, you have that excuse. Mine that's are just gonna true, be yeah. fucking weird for it, no reason. Yeah, if you have uh, eighty-eight searches of the minor characters in Pixar's Cars, uh, there's no excuse for it. How do we do this? There's a way to do this. Uh, mm. For those of you at home, uh, Pete is scrolling through stuff, and Ari is oh, you, waiting you, for his I phone see. to turn on. You, see, you hit this button. Ah. Oh, man. I don't... This Gmail, should be interesting. Gmail, 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 Yoga classes. Gmail, 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 Gmail. Let's see how terrible this is. It's probably not terrible. I want to... Oh, wait. Here's my search reading list. Share... No, fuck this thing. It used to be so much easier to do this. My work computer, because I work at BuzzFeed, would be super interesting, but also... <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. Oscar. I was trying... I couldn't remember the name Rod Tidwell for a tweet. <laughs> Want to touch the Heine? I didn't know what that was. I couldn't remember which movie that was from. Oh, it's Adam Sandler or something, right? Yeah, it's Billy Madison. Madison. Yep. Casey Affleck movie list. I wanted to. How do I, so how do I was I in the mood to watch some Casey Affleck. There you go. Yeah, that that's that's one way to do it. This is the this is what I'm doing. You kind of have to scroll through. Oh, okay. You just haven't done it that much. Um, puppy licking face. I wanted to text a friend of mine a picture of a puppy licking someone's face. Uh, Luke twelve twenty three just looked up the Bible verse for life is more than food or clothing. <laughs> you know why? Because I read it in a book and I was like, I don't think it says that in the Bible. And, ah. then, and then I Googled it and it doesn't. Like there's so many different translations. Yeah. They kind of made it say what they wanted. It's the play it again, Sam, of we're, these, these are bookmarks and I don't recognize what any of these Alcoholics are. are allergic to alcohol. There you go. Raw tomato paste. Oh, here we go. History. Container store. I was looking for glass bottles to get uh, spring water. Christian Duguay. I didn't know who that was. I was talking. Oh, I think you said Christian Duguay, like the evolution of from Christian to gay. Uh, how to attach magnets to your blender to stable the water. All right, let's see. Tomato juice tastes better in the air. <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes Wait, philosophy. Wait, you did a Google search for tomatoes? And it's there? true. Because of the cabin pressure, oh. tart drinks taste better in the air. Oh, yeah. And someone didn't believe me, so I had to Google That's right, because they, they sell more tomato soup, like tomato juice. That's right. Big Doe, the rapper, murdered. I interviewed him for the show, and he died. He got murdered. Isn't that crazy? Like... It goes back to the Mitch Hedberg thing. It does. I actually saw, and Paul Walker, who we also interviewed, <coughs> who I interviewed for Conan, of course, passed. Yeah. Very, very sad. I know two people. It was very... Okay, soda. I was with some young people who didn't remember. Okay, Dan, soda. Did that Dan Close design the? Uh... <coughs> oh, did he? I think so. It's, I don't know. And that. the funny thing about Okay, soda, if you remember it, do you remember how how it was? It was okay. It's okay. It was literally. It that tasted was it. like orange and Coke and yeah. Diet Coke and like an around grape. the world. It was. It was an around the world. How to cure a hangover? That was probably New Year's Day. Uh, Johnny Cash uh, video of him playing Bonanza. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy murder. <laughs> Why? Um, I don't remember. Uh, pr- um. <laughs> Carl Jung documentary doesn't, oh. doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, this is really. Does maca powder expire? Mine or so may. Uh, oh, this this is a good one. Christmas story. Eat like a piggy. Sexual. I find the scene in Christmas story uh-huh. where the mother tells the younger son to eat like a piggy to be very uh, suggestive. Interesting. Because the the father and the older brother. 
share a look where they're like, you believe this shit? And the mother is giggling, in my opinion, oh. a little orgasmically, while the kid smashes its face into a plate of mashed potatoes, very similar to how you... I'll have to look that thing it, up. It just creeps me out. And nobody agrees. <laughs> I'll have to watch it. Here's eight searches for uh, Vietnamese faux restaurant puns. There you go. Um... Female ventriloquist Dumbstruck. I wanted to know what happened to the people from Dumbstruck. Dumbstruck. Azog, Lord of the Rings. We were looking for a picture of the scary orc from uh-huh. The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. And we were laughing, me, Kumail, and Emily were laughing so hard at the idea of him having a photo. Who took the photo? <laughs> like, <laughs> Michecha. An, an, ah, we were saying it was another orc, and he was like, I need photo approval <laughs> before, you, uh, before you Instagram it. This is fun. I could do this for a while. Oh, here's a, a, a Reddit. What is the most disturbing ki- kid your, uh, thing your kid ever said to you? Huh. Were you doing that because they had said something weird to you? Um, oh, yeah. Actually, I have an interesting story about that, too. Um, actually, can we talk about ghosts for a second? Sure, of course. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, I mean, I believe in everything and also nothing. Ooh. <laughs> I just mean, like, I just want to give you an answer that'll be like, kind of. Sure. I mean... Yeah, I, I when I, I'm one of those people that probably believes when people are like that happens. I saw this. I'm like, yeah, you probably did see that. Yeah, I think I think Betsy's in your camp of like I'm an intelligent skeptic, but I'm, come on, we can't know everything. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't believe in ghosts, but I saw ghosts for like about a year. What PTSD from nine eleven? Um, so but I because I don't believe in ghosts, I assumed that uh, everybody did. So, but it was a kind of thing where I'd be asleep and I'd you know nightmares and trouble sleeping, but then I'd wake up and there'd be uh. A guy, like a very physical, corporeal guy uh, in gray with like a helmet on uh, at the edge of my bed. And he would kind of shake me and open his mouth to talk. And then, and then I'd, he'd be gone. Uh, what? Yeah. And he was dressed like a handyman, which led to the running joke we had of like handyman, handyman, handyman. Um, <laughs> Stop saying handyman so, in the mirror. So, exactly. So, uh, so for the long and, – and also – so I would have these conversations too where I'd just be like, you know how like – like you're sleeping and you wake up and then you see all these like figures in Indian tribal masks at the window and like you know it's not re- and universally like what we're what talking about like no and then so I had no idea what was going on. Um, You'd see Indians too. Uh, yeah, well, tr- sort of floating colorful tribal masks. But I thought it was the thing that everyone did, like just some subconscious manifestation. Like, well, maybe the trauma of this opened me up to seeing other things. But then right around the time that my f- other friends who had like nine eleven PTSD started going away, I stopped seeing uh, ghosts and stuff. When your other friends, I don't understand. So, like everyone that was there, well, you were in, you were in New York for nine eleven, right? I wasn't. Oh, I was a blast. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that was meant to be a pun. No, I didn't oh. think it was. I didn't think it oh, was. I hate myself. No, nope. nobody just, thought okay. it was. Good. Um, I thought it might have been a thermite joke, actually, like uh, a conspiracy joke. We talk about that too. <laughs> um, I think of all the weird shit I want to talk about, like towards the end of the show. Um, but yeah, so I saw ghosts for the longest time. Until your friends who also well, no. had it went away? I no, don't no, no, no. So uh, other friends of mine that were also like, uh, were there. And, and had PTSD. And were fucked up in different ways. You had PTSD. Yeah, well, and, what I'm calling it. I wasn't diagnosed. And when it went away, you stopped seeing But so like my friend Eli, who was like really, really depressed, um, what, that was the way it manifested itself for him. Like once that kind of went away around that same time, I realized like, oh... I'm no longer getting woken up by ghost handymen. He was also being woken up by ghost handymen? No, separate thing. Oh, his thing. But yeah, everyone deals with it, I think, differently. But uh-huh. I think it takes X amount of time to recover from it. Yeah. Because there's stuff that your your mind doesn't let you process. But these people didn't, they didn't look like people who maybe died in 9-11. No, I didn't make that connection. No, I don't think so. But I remember, like, I dro- uh, after 9-11, I drove, like, a like a Red Cross truck uh, and um, just around, uh, I want to look at. But I remember talking to this fireman on this site, and uh, 
we talked for 10 minutes, whatever, about whatever thing I was bringing back and forth. And then as I turned around to get back into the van, I saw that I had been standing next to this stack of maybe 15 cars that was less than 10 feet high because they were flattened. That, and I'd been standing next to it for 10 minutes, but my mind wouldn't let me process it. Oh, like, wow. you're dealing with enough stuff right there. So that info, that input has to go somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Ugh, creepy. Right? So you saw a ghost, though, but you don't believe in them. You well, saw yeah. manifestations in your brain. I saw. That's what I think it's more likely yeah. to be, or just the idea that like everyone's. I don't know. I feel my cat jump on my bed every time I go home oh, yeah. to Arlington, which is really weird. No, you. But you. That's the thing. You hear all kinds of stuff about that. But it's right? like every time I feel it jump on the bed and curl up on me, and I'm not even asleep. And sometimes I'll, like, tap the bed and call it and try and do weird shit. It's weird, right? And that yeah. stuff's undeniable and experiential, and that stuff absolutely happens. To me, yeah, something weird. But at the same time, like, uh, the idea of, like, ghosts and afterlife is not a place where science is silent. These are not unsolved mysteries. Like, I just tell you, like, yeah, no, no, we got this. This is unsolved this. mysteries. Oh, then yes, we run this, an episode. And then Robert Stack comes on. <laughs> or Brian Stack in a Robert Stack costume. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes, yes. Um, are, you, are you done with ghosts? Yeah, I think I'm done with the ghost. What about, oh, let's wrap up with the hardest you've ever laughed. That's my, always my favorite. We I love that question. Um, I think, I don't know if it's the hardest I've ever laughed, but like I was trying to think about this. And um, a couple years ago, it's a poop joke. But, of course. Uh, of course it is. Perfect. Uh, so it was right after my second kid was born. So at this time, I had like a two-year-old and like a two-month-old. Uh, and I, I'd, uh, all I wanted, I got up in the morning and Betsy and the kids got up and, and all I wanted to do was just take a dump in the toilet. That's all I needed to do. But I came home, I came downstairs and Betsy was nursing the little one so she couldn't move. And the, the two-year-old uh, was running everywhere. So you can't, in our old house in New York, it was like a canal house. There's was like it's one or two rooms on every floor and three stories. So I couldn't go downstairs or upstairs. She was in the bathroom. I was stuck there. And all I wanted to do, and I was so mad. I was so angry. Oh, you can't, you know, and, 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 and Betsy's never bossy. But she was like, no, you have to stay here. You need to power through this. And Rex, my older son, wanted to you book around. You have to power around. through having like, a poop. You, yeah, she was like, I don't have a choice. I got a baby on, on my tit. You have to deal with this. You have a poop. Uh, you have a poop. And so I was just I'm so angry. And I was like, and literally Rex was like, Daddy, read me this. I was like, fine. And I took it, and it's a book about trucks. And I opened it up, and the first page said, rumble, rumble, down the road. Dump truck coming with a heavy load. And th- I just... For five minutes, could not rumble, breathe. Everyone laughing so down hard. The road, dump truck rumbling <laughs> down the road. Oh, dump truck coming with a heavy load. With a heavy load. <laughs> Perfect. And it was one of those great moments of Did life. Did he just start laughing too? Uh, I don't remember. I was laughing so hard. Oh I my say. god, uh, that's great. It was one of those great moments of like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, uh, was a little too serious. Ari was pointing to the heavens when he because I do do right. that sometimes. Again, not a religious man. Yeah, sure. But like, it's, I had a really terrible show. I was beating myself up over it. It's like ten, twelve years ago. Getting off the F train, just ah, oh, fucking hate myself. Slipped on a banana peel, went down hard in front of like a crowd of people, and everyone pointed at me and laughed. And uh, it was that moment of like pointing. Yeah, yeah, point you got taken. it. Oh, those are two good ones, man. Those are yeah. Great. I didn't laugh at the banana peel at all. I just I got it. Like, but no some other taken. person will do the show and be like, "I saw Ari Vukita slip on a banana peel." You know what? And yeah, that was my hardest Some laugh. Pompous unknown comedian at the time, just beating himself up. <laughs> I love it. You feel good, man. I feel good. I feel good. This is a weird episode in in the best way. We had John F. O'Donnell. We merged energies. They yeah. changed completely. That was neat. Talked about ghosts. We alluded to thermite being in the tr- in the tra- trade center. <laughs>
Oh, oh, it's okay. Next next time we have a, a log talk, we gotta talk, I gotta talk about we gotta talk about conspiracy theories. Germ. That uh, that by the way, that is a conspiracy theory. Yes. What I just said, people talk about thermite. Uh, that's a nine eleven conspiracy. Yes. People can look uh, it up online. I'm sure they can. That and uh, and aliens. Ooh. You don't have any personal experience. No. But you just like talking about them. I, but I, I hope I'm here when we meet some, because it's going to have to happen. It'll happen at some point. Right? Maybe and our frozen like a, heads or our computer consciousnesses will see it. Uh, did you ever feel like we're, we're born like 100 years too early? Because like, they say that the, the first person who's going to live to be 200 has already been born. Oh, wow. So like our consciousness is going to be downloaded into all kinds of stuff. Like there's, Humans are temporary now, but there's going to become a point where on some level we're not. Yeah, but th- we might live to that time. We you, you, might. No, I think... According but to are we going to be the guys that get uploaded? Raymond uh, Kurzweil. Kurzweil. Oh yeah, he thinks that's going to happen in 2054. You could make it to 2054. Well, we could, but but then, but you and I aren't going to be the people that get downloaded into the thing, right? It, when it starts, it's going to be younger people, or oh, no, I don't, know, I don't think so. The first person is going to be that. Katie, we're just about to be done, <laughs> which is fine. Oh, oh yeah, no, 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 do it. I wasn't saying don't leave. Oh. Somebody's going to have to hit stop. <laughs> I wasn't scolding you. No, 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 no. We're like, we're like, oh, we're done. Boy. Oh, boy. Oh, we'll boy. talk about aliens. Go, <laughs> It's fine. Chris Hardwick? Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> um, no, you'll, you'll be backed up, of course. It'll be the old people first. It's going to be weird, man. So. It's going to be fucking It's going to be weird. weird. I'm going to have complete access to your brain. You already do. Oh, my God. We're the same person. You know what happens next? You say, keep it crispy. <laughs> Let's make phone calls. I wasn't, I wasn't shitting on you. We're done. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.